0: This is Comic Geek Speak, episode 1781 Comic Talk, Comic Timing Crossover.
1: You got it on Wednesday, and it was like about going to the volume up. These guys will talk about it, everything that keeps love.
2: For kids to laser be the like but the sea.
0: I'm Ian Leatherstein, and I'm Chris Eberle. Welcome, one and all, to the show. And uh, oh, hey, it's just two of us. Wait, never mind. There's a lot more of us this episode. <laughs> uh, as uh, I rallied together the troops for this one, as uh, Murd is Christmas barn unavailable. And uh, Shane had business to attend to as well. So we bring in some of the comic timing crew for this episode. First off, my regular co-host on Comic Timing, Mr. Brent Casina. Brent, what's going on?
3: You know, usually you tell your wife you're cheating on her before you introduce (laughs) her to the person you're cheating on them with. (laughs) (laughs) I mean,
0: it's, it's, it's it's not you, it's me. (laughs) <laughs> it's good to be here. <laughs> good to be wow. here as well. Uh, Donovan Morgan Grant joins us as well, uh, re- regular on on Comic Timing and uh, and various other podcasts. Donovan, what's going on?
4: Thank you very much. Good evening. It's an honor and a privilege to be here tonight.
0: Our pleasure to have you as well. And returning to the airwaves of Comic Geek Speak for the first time in a while, even though he was on literally the last episode of Comic Timing that was released. Are one of our favorite artists and one of the most jovial men in comics when he's not ranting, Mr. Jamal Eigel.
2: You know what? I'm passing up the DNC convention for this, so it better be good. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> uh, isn't it so much easier to watch it like on demand where you can skip through all the bullshit though? I mean, come on.
2: Oh, absolutely. I, I don't even like I, I I can pick out the speeches that I want to watch. It's beautiful. <laughs>
0: that's what i did uh this morning actually i sat down and i'm like oh uh, okay great great i could do this i could do that i could do that i could do that it's it's delightful (laughs) the uh the last time you were on uh comic geek speak was back in if if the numbers tell the truth 2013 so it it has been that long yeah uh (laughs) and it was an off the racks and you were talking about molly danger
2: wow 2013 <laughs> okay. yep episode four-
0: now I feel good about my podcast <laughs> <laughs> yep October 28th 2013 episode 1433 and it was the first quote unquote post pants episode so that was that was the first one with Jamie in the chair mm. oh. oh man
5: that was glory, that was a glorious six months
0: yes it was 100% was uh, but we're we're gathered here today to uh, to talk about what we love, and that's comics. And a lot of stuff has happened uh, <laughs> over the over the last couple of weeks. Uh, not all great, uh, you know. Some 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 good. Some uh, some yeah, not all great. Um, a lot of layoffs, and uh, yeah, you know, that's that's hard to take in. Most of the talk has been DC Comics of late, uh, and un- it unfortunately fell on them once again as uh dc uh and most of warner media had a whole bunch of layoffs over the last uh what two weeks um i feel like it's been that long
2: uh yeah i mean it's been sort of like this kind of slow trickle Mm -hmm. because of the slowdown so i think that prior to this cuz you have to remember i think it was like a month or two before Dan DeO got fired right so smart money would have seen this coming in some way shape or form anytime that you have a new management team coming in there's usually layoffs of some kind at a company it's very it's a very rare situation when somebody comes in and you know the status quo remains and the fact that they cleaned house so completely, I think every, almost everybody that they fired was somebody who worked directly either with Dan, with Jim, or both.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean Bob, Bob Harris, uh, for one, uh, you know, in the editor-in-chief role. Um, we had... Uh, Bobby Chase. Yeah, Bobby Chase. Um, and Canals. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, pretty much the entire DC Direct line. Um, yeah. went went bye-bye after this and we don't know 100% who got let go of from DC Universe as well but I know you know from the interview with Jim Lee and from other sources that what, what we've all been foretelling for months now is essentially going to be happening which is anything that was video from DC Universe is eventually going to migrate over to HBO Max um, and then there's going to be something else in the place of DC Universe whether it's still called that or not which is going to be pretty much comic book only. Um, right. Which, which I am glad at least they're planning on keeping that around in one way or another because they put a lot of work and a lot of effort into that site. Yeah,
4: mm-hmm. I know. I'm <laughs> which Donovan can attest to. Yeah, because for those who don't know, I work as a freelance content uh, contributor on, on DC Universe.
0: Yeah, yeah, and. I mean, obviously, you know, you're only privy to what you're privy to, uh, Donovan. But uh, but you were, I assume, you were told that you know, for the most part, that's staying
4: as is, right? Like
0: that 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 they're still gonna be working on that in in, in one form or another.
4: Well, I can say it being over a week since this has happened, um, we've been told very little. Got it. It's been extremely sparse, but we have been told essentially that you know is business as usual. DC Universe is remaining and. Uh, the people, uh, us people who kind of like, you know, uh, write articles and stuff, there's no, as, as of like right now, whether this means like the rest of the year or e- even into 2021, mm-hmm. there's no sense that they're going to change that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I re- really don't know h- how far to kind of take that word. But as far as we're aware, yeah, the, the major change is like the migration from the streaming content to HBO Max, everything else in terms of like, you know. What content that remains whether it be comic books or articles is is still going to be there because a lot of people were, were like really trying to carve out the tombstone for dc universe i think maybe like even this time last year but like it's still it's, just, it's still a thing that like warner brothers sees value in
0: right yeah
4: i mean i mean i
0: i personally you know i mean i saw the tea weaves the minute that the minute that they said that uh that doom patrol was going to premiere on both max and dc universe that was a that was a sign to me that you know that something was up and then Stargirl getting announced as being C- just CW and not on DC Universe. Yeah that was a big one. <laughs> yeah, because that was that was kinda huge. Um I mean it airing on C W actually wasn't even that big of a like a a non plus to me. Just the fact that they straight out said like yeah there's gonna be a season two and it's not on DC Universe. Anyway, um yeah. that's that
3: that's I can great. just imagine that Starkle's going to take a hit in terms of like budget and production quality next season because the one thing that DC Universe had was the originals they had, and the production quality was incredible compared mm-hmm. to what's on CW. Yeah. And, no, like, you but, look at but it, Supergirl it's. Supergirl season one to season two, and that, that took a little bit
2: of a dive. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm imagining that because it's going over to HBO Max, they would actually be able to maintain the budget that they already have. So right. it's not just going to be exclusively on the CW. Yeah. I thought
3: well, it was Star- CW. Stargirl will be exclusively CW. I think it's probably until the, the season ends and then like Batwoman, it'll end up on HBO Max after that.
0: Well, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll point to, um, as an example of higher production values, Black Lightning. You know, to me, Black right. Lightning has always seemed a a better, pro- I, I don't know if better is quite the the, the right word, but a, a higher production value production than the other CW shows and it's also based out of Atlanta which is you know which is where Stargirl was filming to begin with. Um, so hopefully that means that uh, a they're not going to move them to Vancouver because if they do then we can pretty much expect the same production values that we would get out of Supergirl Flash and uh, and Legends. Um, but if they're going to keep them put in, in Atlanta. I expect more of the same. I, I think that you know we might see some, maybe slightly less CGI, but you know, other than that, it should look pretty much the same.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, they're not going to be able to cut back on stripe. I mean, oh my god, that's a <laughs> that's a high watermark that they set for themselves. <laughs> yeah, With the live
3: action, it's, um, uh, you just destroy uh, them in the first episode.
2: <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> The season-long arc is them trying to get back all the parts they need to rebuild them. Oh, no.
0: No. Please, no.
3: no. (laughs) AEW, man, this is what they do. You know, this is what they do.
0: Uh, I'm really hoping you're wrong. Let's just put it that way
3: because that would be ridiculously bad. (laughs) I mean, uh, Ally McBeal didn't appear on second season because – a she probably didn't want to take the pay cut
2: and then B she didn't want to move to Vancouver. <laughs> I think it's more she didn't want to move to Vancouver as opposed to taking a pay cut.
0: You're right about that. Yeah, no, she she only appeared a little bit and that's because uh you know her and Harrison live in live in LA. They you know she wasn't going to suddenly up and up and run it. Uh
5: you know she's perfectly
0: fine living where she is. Cr- Chris, how far into Stargirl uh, have you gotten?
5: It's been honestly, you know, I haven't watched it in a while. I, I fell off it because I've been absorbed in a lot of reading and and uh Other stuff, so I have to get back to it. But you can spoil all of it. Don't worry about it.
0: Okay. It's fine. Um, Well, Jamal, I think of the ones on the call, Jamal and I are the ones that have have watched it all the way through the season. Um, Right. And, I mean, Jamal, what did you think of that finale?
2: I thought it was strong. I mean, as far as we were talking about the budget, and I said this actually to my wife as I was watching it, that they have – they put their foot in it they really went all out in terms of a television budget they mm-hmm. really put everything that they could possibly put yeah. into the show i think it, i kind of felt the same way about agents of shield their finale like if you're gonna if you're gonna blow your wad that's <laughs> that's the way you do it <laughs> yeah well i mean with
0: agents of shield they were literally like okay how much money do we have left okay let's do it because they didn't have to worry yes, about exactly. it. It's a series finale with this one um Three major beats, and I'll, I'll put the spoiler warning here for anybody who hasn't watched the, uh, the end of the season. Teases for next season include Eclipso, uh, mm. which, which I'm very much looking forward to. The Shade, which yes. I'm, well, awesome. I'm looking forward to. Hell yes. Uh, they still haven't really shown his face, so it could be anybody. They, they, they can cast whoever they want in the role at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, the biggest reveal which, you know, could be a red herring or not, but uh, Sylvester Pemberton is not dead.
1: Dun, dun, oh. dun.
0: Yeah, uh, as, as we Jeff see. Jeff Winger returns. Yep, Jeff Winger returns in the very final scene of the, uh, of the season. Yes. So, uh, you know, Joel McHale will be in season two in one form or another. I uh, don't know for how long, but they're certainly teasing us with something with that. Right. Um,
2: and I if, if they play it straight, like I know what I would do if I were the showrunner, yeah. and if they played it straight, and it wasn't like he wasn't a doppelganger or a clone or you know, you know, some uh, somehow miraculously alive, I could see him sort of taking the Jack Knight role in a way that, yeah. uh, from JSA mm-hmm. when uh, when they when he first gave Courtney the staff, right.
0: Yeah. They did tease the Knight family in like, I think like the second episode of 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 season one. Um yeah. as, as the maker of the staff, but we just we you know we haven't seen them yet, so it's possible they not did they name? I don't think they named them. They did actually.
3: Yes, they did. No, they, they did. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, they did.
3: Yeah. Yep. It was um, Sylvester Pember- Pemberton in the comics? I'm not familiar with him. And- Sylvester Star- Pemberton Star-
1: was,
3: was Stripesy.
0: Uh, that is actually the character that he was. Um, well,
2: so he, no, you're you're no. Sylvester was the Star Spangled Kid. Oh, yes, yes was, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. My bad. Yeah, He sorry. was the original Star Spangled Kid, and he became Skyman. Got it. Who was everyone also? knows that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Hey, if Donovan's next, here. He'd back him up. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, so how far do I need to go back on this one?
0: Oh, dude, dude, come on, do do your do your best. The golden
2: Age. And today,
0: playing the part of Merg will be Jamal Eichel. Please continue. Yeah.
2: Okay, <laughs> so the Star Spangled Kid and Stripes go all the way back to I think like. Nineteen forty-three, forty-four, something. Your basic, you know, crime-fighting do-gooders. And then when they uh, when they brought them to the quote-unquote future, they had been frozen in suspended animation mm-hmm. for thirty years, and then showed up again in the late seventies and joined the justice, rejoined the Justice Society. They were. I don't even – I don't remember if they were originally members of the Seven Soldiers of Victory. I don't think they were. I think but, – um, but yeah, they're trying to tie all that stuff. And anyway, Sylvester uh, joined Infinity Incorporated and then be, uh, when they moved to California, he decided to re-dub himself as Skyman. Mm-hmm. Uh, incorporating the, the belt that he used to wear that gave him superpowers into a, a super suit, and then was killed by Mister Bones.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. This is a different Mister Bones than uh, than Detective Bones, right? Or or am I thinking of somebody else? The uh, no, I'm,
2: I'm, thinking, I'm no. This is the Mister Bones who is yeah, who's the head of the DEO now. Got it. Okay. All right. Okay.
0: Yeah. So it is him. Okay. That that's yes, who I was thinking him. of. All right. Okay. That's that's some backstory right there. <laughs> a,
5: that, that was impressively done, sir.
0: Oh my God! Yeah, I, I'm glad that they combined the whole Skyman and Starman stuff because I mean it just made it made narrative sense um, on the show. But I do hope that it, again in some in some way we get the Knight family, um, yeah, whether it be Jack or whether it be otherwise uh, at some well,
2: point. They, they needed to sh- they needed to shortcut that because there's just no way. I don't know if you could go through an entire season of her. Running around with that belt. Oh yeah, and <laughs> switching to the, 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 the cosmic staff. Totally. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. It with could that. have been worse. They could have gave her the cosmic rod first, <laughs> and then all we'd have is yes. Star Girl vibrator jokes
4: i'm sure robot chicken would, would get there first
0: <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure you've already actually uh like whether you know it or not uh those jokes are written and already are currently being animated for robot chicken
4: <laughs> they did like a uh supergirl kryptonite like dildo joke like
2: yes i did i just saw that <laughs> oh, god <laughs> <I couldn't help. laughs> always
0: something with uh with with them always something I'm looking forward to what season two looks like. Um, And I guess we're just going to have to wait and see, you know, again, if there is a drop in quality of any sort, but going on it, like we don't know if, uh, you know, if Titans is going to get more than the season that they've already put in the can, um you know we don't know about that although it's definitely going to appear on hbo max that's pretty much a given uh young right. justice's next season is being worked on already so there's no way that they can cancel that or stop that from happening luckily because they did Did doom
2: patrol get renewed
0: doom patrol has not been renewed yet um oh, okay. but the T weaves are looking positive um i th- well it had a shorter season as well it this did season. it did but only by a, by an episode um because they had season they had episode 10 in the can uh like halfway when COVID happened And that's why, you know, it ends on a cliffhanger the way it does. Um, Because that 10th episode would have resolved everything, but they had to, you know, they had to cut it short because, you know, what what were they going to do, air half an episode? Uh, There was a, you know, they weren't going to pull a blacklist. Let's put it that way. Which I'm still kind of amazed happened uh, for anyone unaware. Uh, On NBC, the blacklist had, like, the first 10 to 15 minutes of their episode in the can for the finale. And they like rotoscope animated the rest of the episode and released it. And it
3: was bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sounds well, supernatural. They're getting like a movie or something instead of a proper finale. Really?
0: No, no, they're, 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 they're going back. They're, uh, they're, they're, gonna, they're, yeah. they're getting
3: one episode or something. Not even that.
0: They, they, they have an entire half, half season left to go. Um, from what I know about it, they're, they're, they're going to give them that full half season and just, you know, release it as is, uh, there's only, uh, I think a couple of pickup shots left to do on that one. And then once it's done, then they can, you know, throw it out there come January when everything else
3: comes back for CW. Um, I'm I'm surprised they haven't taken these six months to just mass produce the Mandalorian set for all these shows.
2: (laughs) The unreal engine is pretty expensive. I don't think a lot of uh, productions could afford it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and, and Mandalorian at least is in the can for its second season. That
2: much we know. Uh, And then the third season, uh, Favreau already said that it's not going to be interrupted. They're going to be able to film. Excellent.
0: Excellent. Very happy to hear that. And uh, uh, Reeves' uh, Batman movie is going entirely uh, sets. In order, to, in order to make it, uh, so they're just going to oh, do it really? all with wow. something. Yeah, they're doing That's
2: well. that's what you got to do. Yep, that's the only way we're going to get yep. new content at this point. Yep. Quarantine gotta, everybody together. Exactly. Yep. If you have a closed set, you quarantine everybody. It's going to kill the paparazzi business. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if COVID You're hasn't already. What are we going to do now? <laughs> well, yeah, this is true. It's like where you know they're hanging out by the grove and nobody shows up, or if they do, it's like you know drive by for pickup.
0: <laughs> I hope I hope they still have a whole bunch of those old Star Trek sets in uh, in storage mm. and they can just you know take out and start using those over and over again like why the heck not
2: Oh they have the the original series set tour in upstate New York Oh yeah up by Ron Mars's place so they can go and film <laughs> there
0: Oh <laughs> uh, man it's going to be an interesting couple of months when it comes to shooting stuff but yeah that's that's the model they're going to have to do what I, what I'm calling the quote unquote NBA method which is oh, yeah. you know just lock everybody in a in a in a in a room and not let them go anywhere and f- start
2: filming and that's you know like I well, hate- either either that or every product every other production is gonna fly to Prague. <laughs> 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 you know, yeah, digital kidding. Extras.
3: kidding! I am not kidding. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jersey Two, I think started up or is soon.
0: Yeah, uh, same thing to be said for I know a bunch of. Uh, uh, productions have been, you know, going to you know Asian countries that have already gotten it under control, uh whether it be you know Japan or whether it be you know the, uh, South Korea or so on and so forth. Like, you know, those ones actually have you know productions back up and running and like sports happening mm-hmm. with with full stadium.
3: You, you know? wonder why? Yeah, yeah, Lord of the Rings show in New Zealand is probably shooting. Oh, oh yeah. yeah,
0: you're pro- you're probably right. Yeah, but let's let's bring it back to the original topic, topic a little bit. Uh, clearly this is a comic time and crossover because we've already meandered like we always do uh, but uh uh to bring it back to DC a little bit um i mean jamal i'm curious i mean you know without having to go into like full details obviously because there's only so much you can um obviously a lot of people that lost their jobs you know you may have had the pleasure of working with in the past yeah. uh um yeah. and i mean you know just uh, i'd love to you know get your get your take on just what has been lost from DC uh, you know, because of this, uh, obviously, we don't know the future because we're not. You know, we don't have crystal balls. Uh, but a lot of these people, you know, put in some hard work and dedication to, to DC's brand over the years, and now they're not there.
2: Well, you you lose a lot of experience. I mean, you, I mean, and that's the honest to God truth. And it's hard to to really kind of put it in a very in a very succinct way. You know yeah. what I mean? there are a lot of people there who had a ton of experience who knew the characters knew the product but the market's changing at the same time. Mm-hmm. It sucks that people are losing their jobs, but it also sucks that, you know, airlines are are down to, you know, down 85% mm-hmm. from last year yeah. and travel agencies are going out of business and every time I turn around, you know, another store closes. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, you know, I mean, this was going something like this was going to happen either way. I think Diamond shutting down when it did probably accelerated things,
1: mm-hmm.
2: making the move to Lunar and UCS. And from what Jim was talking about in his interview, the, the one that it was the Hollywood Reporter interview that it, he did. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Hollywood yeah.
4: Interview, yeah.
2: So, to, you know, the things that he's talking about are things that. DC has needed to do for a very long time, um, and you guys know me. I've been advocating for the shift away from you know monthly comics in lieu of trade paperbacks and OGNs for a very very long time. Yeah, um, i I feel like the model is antiquated because that is not how kids read. Kids read. And I'm not saying that they don't read serialized comics. They do. Obviously, you know, you wouldn't have like a hundred, you know, One Piece manga, you know, digest running or how many, many copies of, you know, what, you know, all these different series, you know, like Dr. Stone and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have this much content if kids weren't reading, you know, the series. But what I'm talking about is that they don't, they, you know, they're not us. Yeah. We grew up in an era where we are programmed to go to the shop every week and pick up these, you know, 20 to 30 to 40 page weekly comics. They're not built that way. You know, I, you know, when I take my daughter to my local shop, it's the same thing. She picks up a couple of the, 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 the comics, but she's more interested in longer form stories she's more interested in original graphic novels that's the stuff that kids read they want a longer story and from a price point point of view as well it's getting harder and harder to justify the cost of a monthly comic book so if you can do digital first as a loss leader and that's going to we're we're, we're being accelerated towards the digital space because our situation, our current situation demands it. So I feel that as technology becomes less expensive, Mm -hmm. we're going to see more digital content. We're going to see more content that's going to be digital first. DC doing it now only means that it's probably going to be another six to eight months before Marvel starts doing it with the bulk of their line, mm-hmm. and then other companies are going to follow suit.
3: Yeah, it's because yeah, it, Marvel has been publishing like double the number of titles for, of DC for I don't know how many months or years. Like,
2: yeah, well, you know, but at the same time, DC has been double shipping for like the last th- the last three or four years. Since, the
4: rebirth. since
0: rebirth
2: right yeah yeah
0: and I mean uh, I mean obviously uh, you know Chris with your with your retail experience I mean for one thing you know I think we've said enough times on this show that it's a good thing you're not in retail right now <laughs> with, with all the with all the changes that have been going on uh, and all that jazz I mean the sea change is certainly there and you know with these changes with DC uh, it's I think that, that 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 just you know adds even further fervor to the fact that you know, the model is going to have to change in one way or another.
5: Well, I, I I agree with everything Jamal said. I mean, 100%. In fact, as he was talking about, you know, other types of, of business closing, I, I think the pandemic is just accelerating what was going to happen in many industries uh, anyway. Just it's just going at a much more, you know, rapid and, and disorienting and tragic pace. Yeah, right especially when, Jamal, when you speak about the price point, I mean, when I left retailing uh, three years ago, the, the, the prices were absurd already. I mean, they've right. been, absur- been absurd for years. And, you know, the customers I had were primarily, you know, middle-aged men or older. Very few kids came in at all.
1: Right.
5: Um, and, you know, like you said, those are the guys who were programmed, as we were, to come in every week a- a- to the shop and, and buy books, and which was, which was, you know, a lot of fun for years. But uh, to try to m- make a, a business plan around that, uh, it just it just increasingly un- untenable. So,
2: oh, no, I absolutely agree. Yeah. But
5: don't you also feel
2: like there's almost like a self fulfilling prophecy?
5: Oh, uh, in a way, yeah.
2: because you know those were the readers that DC and Marvel specifically were trying to cater to, because they figured those were the ones that were the money audience. Meanwhile. Sneaky kids with their Raina Tolgameyer and, <laughs> and, and and Pat Pilkey and yeah. <laughs> who's the who's the guy who does uh, Big? My daughter loves Big Nate.
4: Uh, I should know this, is I'm always in the kids section working.
2: Yeah, I, I should know this too. By now. last
4: name is like with an H or a G, I think.
2: Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, is it Lincoln Pierce? Yes, Lincoln Pierce. It's, Lincoln yeah. Pierce. So cool. yeah, exactly. So these guys snuck in. And started making money hand over fist and then creating this whole other, well, and not entirely different market, but one that didn't cater to, you know, a bunch of sad old men. Sorry, I'm, I'm in that, <laughs> that category, too.
5: Yeah. yeah. Well, not only that, that, that demographic, which I think you've described quite well, <laughs> um, and I'm also a proud card-carrying member of it. Uh, it it's it's small and and it's shrinking just you know through time and and changing interests i mean But, it's like,
2: not a, but i don't think it's a content issue i think it's
5: a format issue yeah oh no i'm not talking about the content of the books i'm talking about the actual people buying them right like right like right. like when the last time i went to a show which you know before all this all this happened and i i was looking around at you know who was buying back issues they're all like you know guys in their well, they're me. Like they're 40s, yeah. and 50s, and up. And that's to try to pin a, an ongoing, like business plan on a demographic like that. I mean, it, it's there was there was no no good coming out of that down the road. So, um like you were saying, I mean, none of, none of this is surprising and it's inevitable. And I, I, I would again, I would just say that I just think it's just the pandemic has just sped everything up, essentially. Yeah,
3: yeah. The price yeah, been absolutely. going up for years. You had. Hold the line at two ninety nine in the middle of New Fifty Two is kind of a joke now. Okay. But in that Hollywood Reporter article, he said that Three Jokers is like a, a eight or nine dollar book. I, I don't know if it's seven ninety yeah. nine or six ninety yeah. nine or whatever. But for a double, I that thing better be like triple size. As long as they've been working on it, like if that thing comes out and it's just thirty pages of art for six seven bucks, i I would feel ripped off as a weekly customer. Mm. Me specifically, I'm going to wait for that collection. With like I'm doing with most of the black label stuff, but that's kind of where I feel like that's where you, you get the value of it.
1: No, Look I, at the, I felt
3: the Batman I felt, Damned and the Harleen hardcovers. Right. They're beautiful with the the I don't know, the, the dust jackets
2: and stuff like that. Like I'll pay extra for that kind of format. But no, you know, but I felt floppy. I felt the same way about Doomsday Clock. Like I I ha- I was having trouble finding it in single issues, and finally just decided, you know what, I'm just going to wait till it's done. Yeah. And I'm gonna get get both books. The, I got the the slipcase, although the slipcase pissed me off. <laughs> oh my god! Case, the rant the sl- slip slipcase pissed me off <laughs> because I because I cause I grabbed it off the shelf, and my local guy was like, "Oh, did you get the first part?" I was like, "Wait, it's not in here." He's like, "No, they just put a a, a, a cardboard box as a placeholder." It's like, "Oh, <laughs> you you oh oh I hate that." yeah
0: it was kind of the equivalent of uh back in the day when you would buy uh anime and you would get the volume one with the box set uh so that you would have a box set for when the other volumes came out but they would market it still as if you were buying a box set and then you get home and you're like wait a minute there's one volume in here what the heck (laughs)
3: did <laughs> the same thing with the uh, dark knight 3 master race or something they sold a box set of it yep. uh, and then like you had to buy the special edition to fit in your box set or something
0: it was something like that yeah yeah i uh, i mean as, as a as a podcaster you know as a as a fan of comic books um i don't buy a lot of comic books currently um and it's you know, the fact that my, you know, my my job status is what it is at the moment, um, that most of the comics that I read are either on Marvel Unlimited or DC Universe or, you know, comicsology. And that's, that's where I go. You know, I don't buy, I don't buy full price comics anymore because it just doesn't make any sense. And kids certainly don't. I mean, today, uh, what was it? I think a day or two ago, one of the big, one of the big pieces that came out was one of the biggest uh manga pirate websites uh finally got shut down. Um mm-hmm. and uh that's where kids go. <laughs> you know, I, I mean I've said I've said before in this show as well like the fact that when you when you look for uh reading comics on on Google, one of the first websites that comes up is a pirate site. Um, because that's that's what that's what people want is is to read it for free. Whether it's right. whether it's legal or not, that's where they're gonna go for this stuff. And it's you know, it's a it's a real negative for the for the industry that this is what's being driven home is that go for the easy over what's gonna actually keep the industry rolling. But when you charge eight dollars for a book, what the heck is the answer?
3: There's a bunch of YouTube channels and stuff that are like focused on these deluxe editions and omnibuses yeah. and like you see them coming out and I'm like these things look amazing. I would love to have one of those things, but I can't imagine reading it. I feel like you'd have to sit at a, a kitchen table or something to to enjoy one of these things because they're so massive. Meanwhile, I'm like, well, I have an iPad, and I have all those issues anyway <laughs> for a dollar because I wait for comiXology steals. So I don't need an omnibus necessarily. Oh, sure. I, I, Oversized I, art, I, I can zoom in all the way in and see all the little mistakes Jamal made on that issue of the huh, run, you know? oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can
0: can you believe he ju- he drew shorts on Supergirl? I can't believe it.
2: <laughs> I've, I've decided that's going on my like tombstone. By the way, <laughs> where's that
3: ass I paid for? <laughs> I put shorts on Supergirl. Supergirl, exactly.
2: <laughs> oh
0: man! And also, if Shame was here right now, I could actually hear him screaming from wherever he oh, yeah. is right now.
5: That uh, I don't want an omnibus; they're too heavy, and I can't carry them around. <laughs> and, and let me say, looking at my library, I have. A ton of omnibuses, but I, I'm totally self-aware in that I am an anti deluvian antiquated, middle-aged, doddering dinosaur, <laughs> and you know, and also being a teacher, a, a high school teacher for over 20 years, I mean, I can certainly attest that. First of all, a lot of kids don't read anything. Number yeah. one, right. but. If they're reading, it's like Jamal was saying. You know, they're reading. They're reading. If they're reading something that's comic oriented, they're reading manga, or maybe they're reading graphic novels to a lesser degree. And and again, it's all it's all going to be online. I mean, I I love my I still love reading print, but that's you know that's that's fading away. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I certain,
2: gotta be I gotta be honest. Like ninety percent of the stuff that I read these days is all online. Well, what's unfortunate for me
0: is 90% of what I was reading current for DC Comics just got canceled. Because uh, before I go into, you know, Jim Lee's—some uh, of the Jim, uh, Jim Lee's statements, right before that happened, uh, a whole bunch—the uh, solicitations for the next month came out for DC. Uh, and, I mean, we just put out our previews episode, and, you know, every single previews, I mentioned Young Justice and how much I'm loving Young Justice. And what do they do? They cancel Young Justice. So right away, I'm like, okay— so this 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 is how we, this is how we're gonna do it. DC, okay. Uh, my, my, was but,
3: Young Justice the last Wonder Comics book that was out? No, is not Wonder Twins still
2: out?
0: Uh, most of them are still out, actually. Because uh, Naomi, no
2: Wonder, the Wonder Twins is done. Okay. Um, and Naomi is I think Naomi was an issue. Naomi was a miniseries. Yeah, but right. Naomi the, was a mini-series. Naomi has a
0: second season coming. At least uh, it it did. Um, so th- there will Everybody's be more gonna... Naomi eventually from what I'm, from what I'm more aware of.
3: Far see- far. What is it? Far season or something? Far sector. Far yes.
1: better.
0: Yeah. Far sector still <laughs> happening. That much. I know. Um, cause that's coming but out that's as Maxi, is. I
5: think.
0: Yeah. But they canceled young justice. They canceled teen Titans. Um, okay. suicide squad, uh, Hawkman. Which, Batgirl. Uh, Batgirl, yes, Batgirl did get canceled, uh, Batman and the Outsiders, Justice League Odyssey, mm-hmm. uh, but also John Constantine Hellblazer.
2: Yeah, which, Hawkman.
0: At, at, yeah, Hawkman, Hawkman was in there. I, I think
3: I might have said that right before Hawk, that. Um, Hawkman was right. good. Like, Venditti was doing a—I liked his stuff. Yeah. yeah it was uh, a popular book. It was, it was pretty good. Yeah. But that's oh, but, I'm, I'm bummed about that.
0: But that's just it. Like a lot of these books are are critically acclaimed, but I don't think the sales were there for all of them. The speculation
2: is that a lot of the stuff that got canceled were things that were going to be re- rebooted for whatever the, the 5G was going to be before the mm-hmm. CEO got fired. Right. So. That that might have something to do with why so many titles. But they also said, Jim also said that they're cutting, what, 25% of their current output? Yep. Yeah. How much is that? So, oh, somebody somebody did, a. I think Bill Walco did a list of like, it's, I think it's like, hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Talk amongst yourselves. Let me see if I can find <laughs>
5: Damn it. Damn you, Walco! All, all that.
2: <laughs> uh, cr- 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 Chris,
0: what
5: were you going to bring up? Uh, b- uh, just no, now. I was just going to piggyback in that. You know, there's so many titles in the history, you know, of, of comics. Sort of, if you look back, in at least for the modern era, that were highly acclaimed critically and had rabid cult followings. They just never caught on to the already granted small, smaller general comic reading audience. Oh, sure. So I found. I
2: found. Oh, I found the list. Sorry, didn't mean to, didn't mean to interrupt. I found the list. Okay. So currently, as of November 2020, DC will have seventeen, 17 ongoing titles. Okay. Oh, Ongoing monthly titles Oh Uh, that's low Yes uh, Seven of those are Batman books Okay
4: (laughs) 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 Well they're cancelling like I mean Nightwing's staying on Obviously Detective and Batman But like they're cancelling Batgirl Batman the Outsiders Red Red Hood Outlaws Is getting
2: cancelled Yeah Or is ending Uh, Oh Red Hood Outlaws Still on the list I hmm.
3: Th- I thought, it was, I I thought think it was, it's getting yeah. a new writer, I think, the new yeah, writer Bur- joined. Oh, okay, okay. Got
2: okay.
3: it. It's just Lovdell leaving in, in
2: display. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but Marvel, I mean, this is these are just the ongoings. This has nothing to do with the miniseries or the one shot or whatever crossover they're doing, or this is just you know, this is just a list of the the ongoing monthly titles. Yeah, more so, death metal. Oh my god more death metal yes there's going to be a lot more death metal
0: <laughs> why do people read that uh, because because snyder sells. yeah it's it sells and mm-hmm. snyder i mean i i i'm i'm interested in a, in a bunch of the death metal books uh i'm you know i'll get, read them eventually i mean they're not like you know at the top of my pile as it were but uh all these uh you know dark universe uh multiverse tales like you're talking to the right person when it comes to the multiverse because I've always been a huge fan of alternate realities. So that's going to be right up my alley. Um, not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but you know, it works for some people.
4: <laughs> I mean, I, I like the, the the DC stuff. That DC uh, thing with like um, Jason Cass, like Shiva, um, whatever that was. I thought that was a really, that was a surprisingly good miniseries. But, I mean, Unkillables? Go yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did.
3: And I was continuing on and on and on. Yeah. Tom Taylor, I think is is a he's a strong writer, and I think hopefully he'll continue uh, to get bigger and bigger projects. That Suicide Squad announcement, and they were saying that it was it was planned. It was planned. I was like, you're on issue 11. You planned 11 issues and not 12. Uh, I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah. But uh, Tom, the uh, Tom is on my list of guys I want to work with badly. Hmm. <laughs>
3: I mean you seem like a fit. Bruno Radondo does expressions in a similar way
2: that you do and you focus oh, yeah. on that. So No, oh, Bruno does Bruno does amazing work, but Tom is just like that the the spider bite issue. Oh, oh my god, a, a Spider-Man that he did made me cry. <laughs> like it really made me cry. You guys familiar with this? No, Which I'm this? I'm not actually. Was that Friendly okay. Neighborhood? Yes, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Oh, issue, okay. You friendly, no, friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Where Spider-Man teams up with Spider-Bite, uh-huh. <laughs> who tur- who turns out to be a young boy dying from cancer. That, and it's just it it, it, break, it, it breaks your heart. It's just, uh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> but but he he like tom taylor just to gush on tom taylor a little bit like he is re- literally one of my favorite writers at dc right now like he's one of those guys where just like i have a I'll list pretty much pick up anything he writes yeah i have a list of people that i want to work with and he's like really like right up there you heard it here folks for uh, you heard it here
0: first folks <laughs> jamal Eagle wants to work with tom taylor
2: yeah, you know, when I when I get some free time, yeah. somewhere in the next century. Yeah, exactly. You and,
3: you and Tom Taylor do a history of the DEO, Mister Bones, for a day <laughs> in the life, and just explain how he drinks whiskey and smokes cigars all day long. Oh,
2: absolutely. Well, I can I can tell you exactly how if you really want to know. Oh, no, but God. I want to
3: see you draw all those bones. <laughs> yeah. all the time.
0: And the neck bone's connected to the hip bone, and it, 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 it's just going to work. It's going to work, man. I I had to bring up uh as well um there was a uh, an article that uh Cy Spurrier put out on his website. Um, you know, he's disappointed, as is everyone who was working on these uh on these comics that uh, that had their you know premature end. But you know, he was working on, on Hellblazer uh and issue twelve is announced as the final one of those. And just to uh read some, some excerpts of it. For one thing, it ends in November. I'm not ready. A lot of you are angry about this. Many of you don't understand why a book that seemed to be flying high should be cold at an early stage. I hear you. So, rumor control, here are the facts. It didn't make enough money. That's it, actually. That's all. It didn't make enough money to persuade the right people, whoever you are, to keep it running, to take a risk, uh, to let it grow, to wait, as conventional wisdom might once have dictated, for the first arc to be collected as a trade. That's their right. That's their business. That's comics
5: in 2020. But I have a I question: thought it was diversity
4: and identity politics.
5: Huh. <laughs> Zing! I, I have a question: hasn't that always really been the business, though? Uh, I mean, yeah, these are these are massive corporations. Uh, I mean, how many times have I been in this show have I raved about Christopher Priest's Black Panther?
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
5: Which was for me one of the greatest finite series Marvel ever produced, but. Very few people actually read it. Oh, so, sure. Yeah, you know, eventually, they, eventually, that they cancel because it wasn't. It wasn't. And uh, actually, Jamal, you might. I have this question for you because you might be more in the know. Mm. What for for a monthly book like the Hellblaze they're describing, for example, what Leatherwood would would, in, would tell? The corporate hierarchy that a book is, you know, quote, making money. Like what, what level do I have to reach, considering the readership is so small to begin with in general for comics.
2: It it really depends. A lot of it actually depends on trade sales ultimately. Like okay. they'll keep they'll they'll collect enough issues that they can get one or two trade paperbacks out of it. And if if the trade paperbacks have a life of their own, a la like uh, Miss Marvel or Squirrel Girl. Right that'll encourage them to keep the series going and use the the monthly comic as a loss leader in order to pay for the production of the trades. Makes sense.
5: Yeah. It makes complete sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and and I mean, you are, you are right, Chris, that, uh, you know, this is not new news. You know, the, uh, the, the waiting for the trade culture has existed for many years now. Uh, I myself partaking in it, you know, like, because frankly, you know, money is money. And also, Sometimes I just don't know how a book is going to hit me until I have six issues sitting there that I can just, you know, read as a as a complete arc. Um, and I'm not one, for the most part, to, you know, just buy a first issue. At least I was when I was younger. I mean, today, I, I'm not just going to go out to, to the store or, you know, make a purchase of nothing but first issues to see what's going to, you know— call to me to then wait for the trade i'm just if it looks cool and it's from a creator that i that i like i'm gonna give it a shot once it's already been collected and i've heard from a couple people oh hey this is really good i'm like oh let me give it a shot and then there's volume one and i mean that's how i picked up on monstrous that's how i picked up on saga that's how i picked up on so many books over the years is you know word of mouth and them already being collected
3: i just did that with uh comixology unlimited they had three issues of kieran gillen's once in future on there Mm -hmm. so i rented you know borrowed those three read them read the first one read the second read the third all in a row and i was like well shit now i gotta get the trade so bought the trade finished the story it was great and then boom now i'm subscribed to the series on comiXology and i can't wait for the next issue and you know that kind of thing so i think that really does help but yeah like if i was in a store i don't know that i would have would have picked it up or not
0: sure yeah It's 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 the culture right there. Um, And I mean, for for people like me who read, you know, on Marvel Unlimited or DC Universe, there's the baked in six months right there. So like, even if I'm going to read the first issue of something, I got to wait six months to read it. By then it might be too late
1: for some
3: books. DC Universe is like twelve months, I, I think. It is, yeah, it's twelve months. Which, if the, if they're going to, they just released like Event Leviathan three, that uh, yeah, was
1: a year ago.
0: Yeah, I I feel like if that service is going to reboot itself, I would certainly hope that that twelve months becomes six because I think that to make it to keep it in line with what has become the quote unquote standard. With Marvel Unlimited, I'd love to make that 12-month six. It would feel so much more relevant
3: to me um, than, a, than a year wait. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, curious if, uh, I'm curious if they're just going to like – if DC's already pissed off the retailers with the Diamond uh, acqu- acquittal or whatever in these new retailers, good or as bad as they are. Who knows? But I'm, I'm kind of wondering if they bring in this new eSports guy – and he's just going to go look at what the movies are doing and they're switching to digital release with Mulan. I mean, I don't think I don't think anyone in their right mind thinks that Mulan coming to Disney Plus for $30 is a good thing for movie theaters. So I would just go, uh, you know what? Here's DC Universe Un- unlimited and uh, you know, keep instead of the 799 or whatever, make it 10 bucks a month and you get everything from DC day and date from here on out. You know, and then you have my $10 a month and I will read six comics a month, or five comics a month, or six comics a week, or, or whatever, and use that digital as you know the loss leader. You've already pissed off your or your stores. You know, I don't know. Maybe you'd need some time to like push them to do that. But in terms of like packaging and bundles and things, like I feel like that's the way the industry is going to go. Mm-hmm. And you've already seen movies start to move that way. Out of necessity with the pandemic, like yeah. I, I just don't, I don't know how you're going to keep comic stores alive um, w- when they're cutting when the second company, second biggest company's cutting twenty five percent of their line. I mean that's twenty five percent of every store's revenue, so to speak, yeah. almost. Well, you we, know, or twenty five percent of available revenue they could make if something were to make a hit or whatever. You know, that's probably like I don't know, five hundred bucks, a thousand bucks per store. Yeah.
0: Well, I think uh, one, one thing to, to bring up, uh, since since we mentioned youth a bunch of times, uh, you know, Jamal brought it up as something that, that uh, you know, that, that these companies are going to have to try and strive for is to get young kids reading books. Uh, one of the things that DC Comics has done is announced their dual interim editors-in-chief – uh, for the time being, uh, their interim as of now, uh, it may not necessarily be, you know, a forever thing, or it may turn out to be that they're the official editors-in-chiefs and that's the way it's going to roll. But for now, uh, Marie Javins and Michelle Wells are the co-editors-in-chief of DC Comics. Um, and talk about, you know, experience with, with youth, uh, you know, Javins was in charge of, of, their, of DC's, you know, YA imprint for years. Um, so there's that pedigree going for it. Uh, no, my mistake. Wells was, uh, was, was the YM, YAM imprint. print. Jav- uh, Javins was uh, in charge of digital strategy. So right. there's both of our pillars that we've been discussing, you know, in one shot there for DC, you know, digital boom kids boom mm-hmm. right there. I think this is a I, step in the right direction. I,
2: yeah, no, I haven't met Michelle yet, but I've worked with Marie and she is, she's aces.
0: Yeah, um, so it it could very well be exactly what DC needs right now um, to to remain relevant and to get those kids in in the uh, into their books in one
5: way or another. And one thing we have to remember, Ian, uh, also to piggyback on that is that, in, in the end, that these characters have become these massive multimedia intellectual properties. Yeah, and they're gonna the companies are gonna go in the direction that best serves their bottom line when it comes to how they can exploit those properties. And like we were talking before about comic shops and as you know, we all know I own a comic shop for 18 years. I mean that, that, and Jamal was referencing this before as well. That whole model just can't really survive in, in this, this sort of this, this new world that's opening up now when it comes to these intellectual properties being exploited in multimedia. I mean, anybody who has a a comic shop now, I mean, the only way they're going to stay open, um, in most cases, they have to carry all kinds of other product lines, right? Um, which which I was doing at the end, and frankly, I hated doing that. Which was one of the main reasons why I, I finally just closed it. Like I don't want to have magic players in my store.
1: <laughs> um,
5: yeah. You know, I really don't. I mean, I, I, we were doing that, and and some of them were great. Most of them, most of them weren't. But um, you know, you, you have to start selling all these other things. And, and if you love that other stuff and, and you're well versed in it, great. But if you're not, then that, that just becomes more work. You just don't want to do. Yeah. And and then what's the point? Because it's not fun. I, I think I think any stores that are going to try to survive this, they're going to have to. And some I'm sure are already doing this: diversify. You know, mm-hmm. emphasize trades more. Emphasize ways to bring in a lot more kids. Uh, have more manga. Have you know reading clubs. And, and I'm this all I'm just pulling this with my, my rectum right now. But you know, any, basically anything but just the traditional old guy coming on a Wednesday to buy. Sure. Their books, because as was just pointed out, a percentage of that stuff is now vanishing already, and and Marvel's probably going to eventually fall suit. Now, granted, as I'm looking at the Marvel previews for this month, it's uh, it's still got a ton of stuff in it, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
5: but how long is? I mean, how long is that going to persist for? Um, I mean, like there's like again, they they have like Marvel Zombies in here again. Why? <laughs> because you de- know, like because look- deceased. You
2: know that as well as I do, Chris. Because deceased.
5: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it just.
2: Everything's everything old is new again, my friend. <laughs>
5: yep. mm-hmm. well, well, well
2: put. Well put. When you were a store owner,
3: if this happened to you, if DC, you know, one of the big two cut twenty to twenty five percent of their line just from out from you know in in the four months time that you know after the next previews or whatever, what what kind of impact would would have that had on your store if, if you're
5: focusing solely yeah. on comics? I guess. So yeah, like. The bulk of the time, because uh, I opened in 1999, so the bulk of the time I was open, the, my focus, because that's what my love was, was comics, new and old. So yeah, if if that had happened, to the to, to that, to the majority of the time I, I existed as a store, that would have been really hard. Uh, I mean, because like you said, you count on you know those reservists coming in to get those particular titles. And then you have so many extras for the shelf, depending on you know sort of your educated guesswork and interest uh, people are showing and so forth. Um, that that's that's really going to be a blow. And then, and then imagine on top of that, if you're dealing now with with distribution issues because now, grant that I I no I've m- made no bones on this program. I loathe diamond, loathe them, um, and I, I don't for one moment uh, you know mourn their passing. But <laughs> that aside just from looking at it from just a, a sheer business perspective without emotion, now you're dealing with multiple distributors. So that's just another headache on top of the fact that you've also lost now a significant chunk of the titles you're selling. So it would have been really hard to deal with that.
2: Um, I, I have a slightly different perspective than you do, Chris, only because I I started – we're working in comics and comics retail when there were multiple distributors. The only difference now is that you ha- you, you're not competing for the same customers between Diamond and UCS. If, if Diamond were still carrying DC product and competing with UCS and Lunar... Then I would say that would be healthier for the business in general. Oh,
5: oh Jamal, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. No, I, 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 I maybe mean, I wasn't I wasn't I was a little too vague in what I was saying. I I when I was operating, I wish there were the reason why I loathe diamond is because they, they had a monopoly. Right. And they treated retailers horribly. Right. Um, on so many levels. I mean I, I couldn't agree more. Like if you go back to the days of like capital and, and you know, all these different distributors, I mean go even back you know, like Seagate, all these different companies. Right. Um you know, naturally, competition sets in, and, and and the retailer, you know, has more options, and they they can hopefully get better service, which Diamond, believe me, was not providing. Right. So, I, I, yeah, I I I couldn't agree more.
0: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll also mention some of the other changes that uh, that Jim Lee mentioned in that Hollywood Reporter article. Um, that uh, you know, John Ridley is finally coming out with that uh, that Batman uh, series that was teased for a while. Um, that, uh, uh, you know, John Ridley, obviously, uh, the, the man behind 12 Years a Slave, uh, it's a Batman miniseries that quote unquote will have huge impact on the rest of the line, which makes me wonder if this is the, the 5G Batman story that we were going to get of Batman being replaced, uh, under the cowl, uh, Perhaps by, 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 a, by a black man, um, which, you know, was hinted at uh, as part of the Dio's 5G initiative, but uh, we never got, you know, full confirmation on. Um, but obviously, if you're going to have anybody do it, John Wigley is probably the guy you're going to want behind it. The other thing that Milestone is finally returning. Talk about something they, that
4: they, they've been saying that for a while.
0: Oh, I know. And oh, and the, the the fact that they are even, like, confirming it is what, like, made my head explode. Because I feel like we have been talking about this for, like, seven years now. And now, uh, with all of this turmoil happening, is when Jim pulls it out. Like, oh, by the way, yeah, Milestone's coming back. Anyway.
4: He uh, <laughs> wrestled it from, from this Dwayne is all... like, ten years ago, right? Yeah. Like, 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 that was a long time ago. It was. It really was. Yeah, McDuffie was,
2: was putting him in his books. Yeah. Yeah. But we're working on Earth M stuff I think like two or three years ago, and then for whatever reason they just oh no, I know exactly what happened. There was a lawsuit. Yes. hmm Between Charlotte Fullerton and the other partners mm-hmm. and they've settled the suit, so now they can do the books again.
4: Yeah. Was that before after Dwayne McGuffey like died?
2: That was after Dwayne died. Yeah. Because part of the part of the suit um was that they weren't giving uh charlotte because dwayne left his portion of milestone to her mm-hmm. so they weren't including her in uh, any of the negotiations or anything else got it
4: she wrote a uh she wrote the john stewart green lantern story in the green lantern 80th uh anniversary story mm-hmm. or issue yeah which i thought was interesting in a team them with hawk girl it wasn't explicitly the justice league animated version but i, I thought that I, hmm. I made a note of that
0: that's pretty cool yeah I'll, I'll have to i'll have to track that down actually i i kind of forgot that that 80th anniversary <gasps> special came out i was looking forward to that now i will have to actually get the digital copy thank you very much donovan
3: <laughs> good luck finding a single issue of that one yeah All this know. seems a little a little too little too late like the milestone thing could be a lawsuit thing, but OK, fine. But like John Ridley, they've announced him as working on DC Comics for like what ever since he he won the Oscar or something. something and Just like now. That. Yeah. His his big books are coming out with the other history of the DCU and the uh, supposedly it's Lucius Fox or Luke Fox as, as Batwing or yeah. Batman. Yeah.
2: Uh, well, which I that, I'll be I excited that- to read. I think that's more because John probably took forever to write them <laughs> than anything else. <laughs> as soon yeah. as black people yeah. win
3: the Oscars, they want to do comic
4: book stuff. So him and Mahershala well, Ali couldn't
2: well, wait. It, it's it's
3: long stuff that's finally coming out. Like, Three Jokers was teased, you know, five years ago when yeah. Rebirth be- started. It's finally Josh coming course. out as Rebirth is ending. Yep. and It's like, this isn't going to matter at all. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm excited to read it if it's good, but... Wait till this esports guy comes in, flips the table over, and all this is okay. not going to
4: matter. Brent, yeah, Doomsday Clock was an example of that of taking way too long.
3: One one thing, I,
0: one thing I want to mention: uh, we have no confirmation whatsoever that this esports guy is going to be taking over DC Comics. That was a rumor that was going around right mm. after the restructuring happened. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that was just a rumor because it doesn't quite feel right. And I certainly hope that's the case, but
3: yeah. Jim you, talked about it in his interview, but I read it in a second real source, and it wasn't bleeding cool. I swear to God, I read it other, somewhere <laughs> other than that yeah. that made it to me like, okay, well, this might be a thing, and this seems really dumb. Eh, I
0: don't know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, yeah. I- until we hear anything about it, it's just speculation. Uh, I mean, all we—I
3: I promise it was not we got this covered uh, or uh, Cosmic Book News. Yes, I swear. Yes, I know that on right. my. <laughs> Comic timing heart, so it's not one of those two places.
0: I know that because if you did, I would literally reach through the screen and flick you.
5: So that's, that's uh, Ian, i I I'm out of it on this particular one. What what is the uh potential nefarious aspect of this person that we're talking about?
0: Just 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 a guy who has absolutely no experience with, with comics coming in as DC Comics boss.
5: Um, That's part for the course in most corporations. Ex- they always bringing ex- people who no experience. Exactly. We, I think
3: in that in that Hollywood Reporter article you're you're reading from and stuff at the I want to say it was at the very bottom. He does say that there will be a um, maybe this is what I read. Mm-hmm. Uh, there there will be a guy or person, woman, who, whomever, coming in to be a general manager for the brand. Yeah. And the rumor, Chris, is is that this general manager person has already been picked out, and I think Jim alludes to it, and um the rumor is that this guy comes from eSports or something like that. And everybody's just <laughs> kind of like, this makes no sense because, you know, the, you know n- maybe you know nothing about the comics business. He might be a comics fan. But then again, you know, who knows? It's that like could a be very, what DC needs. It's like a uh, very, like, most, uh, most
4: Jeff Johns' world now. I, I, he's just out of it now, right? He's, he's, what is he doing? Just the who? TV stuff?
2: John's? Yeah, he's just Johns. Yeah, he's just doing the TV and movie stuff. Yeah. Uh
4: but by the way, I,
0: there was a Comic Speed article uh a week ago where uh Pam Lifford uh is is apparently uh the quote unquote esports person that's overseeing DC. All they've really said so far is that this person dislikes the more mature approach to comics, which I'll agree with right there. Um <laughs> and uh and that there's, you know, some other, you know, possibilities about changes happening like nothing else has really been said um and frankly i i don't know i i don't believe half this stuff until i get confirmation let's just put it that way
5: what What do, do just, they mean by the more no, mature I'm just, approach to comics i just like the best thing they have going now i, I, think,
2: I just imagine whoever they hire is just going to be doing a lundberg <laughs> um, not in the office because nobody's in the office right now but over just like popping up on a uh, zoom chat just like I I'm gonna need uh, a <laughs> of uh, Suicide Squad by Thursday. You think you, you can do that for me? Thanks.
0: I think I think the more mature that 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 uh, that's being mentioned here, Chris, is specifically yeah. stuff like like Black Label, uh, where okay. although Black Label has been making money for DC, uh, most of the people involved with Black Label were just let go um yeah. so i so i think that my, that that may be what what uh, what lifford is uh, is implying is that uh, we'll get less of that uh you know dark dc stuff and something a little bit more geared for all audiences um oh come on who doesn't want to see want to see batman's <laughs> dong <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: again and again and again.
0: Uh, can I raise my hand? Uh, can I raise my hand, please?
3: <laughs> that approach has been like, exa- was pretty much exactly what Jamal was talking about in the beginning of this episode. The, yeah. the fuller stories, the more kind of independent thing. Uh, it seems like that's the way to go because you're getting fresh new takes. Like Harleen by, uh, I can't pronounce his name correctly, so I'm sorry, Sepin Sedgik or whatever, the guy who's doing Witchblade of all things right. for the longest yeah. time, yeah. was one of the, Best books written and drawn, art all by him. One of the best things I've ever read in the last five years. Mm -hmm. It was like a showstopper.
0: I'm going to have to bring up uh, real quick uh, just a segment from the Jim Lee Hollywood Reporter piece just because I think it's tying into exactly what's being said right now uh, where they asked Jim, where do you see DC in two years? Um, And he said specifically, you'll definitely see more international content. You're going to see more digital content. Uh, When you talk about growing our business, both physical and digital, to me, the opportunities are global. That's one we'll be focusing on. Sometimes that takes the form of content that we take here and translate and sell in other marketplaces, but we want to partner with creatives in various territories and unlock stories that feel authentic to their marketplaces with characters that they can embrace as their own and look for opportunities to take those characters and seed them throughout all our mythology. Um.
3: So Batman Incorporated 2.0. Sure, why not?
0: <laughs> but I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe more stuff like uh, you know the new Superman, uh, for, for mm. example. Uh, you know, but more more global characters, characters that uh, that could uh, easily be sold to other markets than just the United States. Uh, which is a good idea. It just has to be executed properly, and then I think I, then I think it could actually wind up working out pretty well for DC.
5: Well, I, I go back to what Jamal was saying before about – and I, I've felt the same way for years – about the, the the push towards OGNs and, and trade paperbacks. I mean the times I've traveled in, in Japan, for example, I mean very different oh, culture. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Then you, you know what I'm already going to say. I mean oh, yeah. not, not only does every, every class and age group read manga and you see it everywhere you go, <laughs> in public transportation and in in homes, everywhere – but, you walk into like a Seven Eleven or a Lawson. There's like an entire rack of yeah.
2: of, ma- of just manga.
0: Not, not yeah, even not, not, not even just that. Not even that,
2: Jamal. Entire
0: stores dedicated to Dojinshi. Entire oh, yeah, stores dedicated to fan comics.
5: You know, yeah, and and the format is like the the more you know phone book or trade sized. Yeah. Type book, and I mean, that's it's been that way there for, you know. I don't know exactly how long at the top of my head, but that's the way they read yep. comics. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're uh, and Brian Deamer, I remember mean, he was saying this in the show years back. How you know, why don't they just do like a year's worth of, let's say, Batman stories and just put that out? As that was one of his ideas. Um, and you know, maybe maybe we're going to see more of that down the road. I don't know. I mean, as you talk about international markets, for example, maybe that would cater more towards uh, international audience, but also maybe also to younger readers in the United States as well, who will be more accustomed, more accepting. Um I have
4: a question about that. Something like
5: that. Sure.
4: So like I mean it's it's everyone ha- that's that's been a, a talking point for a long time. Like like how ubiquitous um manga is in Japan and how everybody reads them on, on uh trains and, and and the like. Is is that what what do we think is owed to that that like is, is that something that American can, can apply to its own industry, or is it a total like cultural sensibility thing? It's, because,
2: it's cultural. It's cultural. Yeah, because when
4: you go, do don't, don't attract adults majorly unless they're in films.
2: Well, no, not even necessarily that. I I think in terms. Okay, so from and Chris, tell me if you had the same experience when you were in Japan. Sure. Okay, so I was into. We were in Japan. We went to. Tokyo Kyoto Nara we were all over the place we were there for three weeks and the thing that I found fascinating one Japan is probably the most prolific consumer culture that I've ever seen in my entire life mm-hmm. like in terms of just like advertising alone like you walk into department stores and there oh, are yeah. videos <laughs> yeah. there are video screens with ads playing not low, like at full. They're like screaming at you on every shelf at full blast. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And manga and anime is everywhere. It's baked into the daily culture of at least like the city life of Japan, like everywhere you go. You know, restaurants, stores, Tower records. Tower records still (laughs) exist. No, absolutely. So I think... That as – because you have to keep in mind that manga makes up, I think, like 35% of, Jap- of Japan's overall publishing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's part – it's baked into their pop culture.
0: Definitely. In
2: a way that it isn't here or it hasn't been here for, I would say, at least 40 years. Yep. Like somewhere around 1980, the ideas of comics being as ubiquitous to American society started to really fade away. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I There, mean, were, there I, was a time when we were really embracing it again, when it was kitschy and pop culture, but as soon as we started to drift back towards the idea that we needed to take superheroes completely seriously, that's when most people started to check out.
5: Uh, one thing I would first of all, I, I concur wholeheartedly on your Japanese experience. Yes, it's... <laughs> I mean, there's... Like, we talk about the advertising... Sounds awful. It's... After a while, honestly, like I was getting sensory overload. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, it, it's it's not awful. I mean, it's it's one of the cleanest places you ever visit in your life. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. It's my, not. My daughter it, 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 still talks about how yeah. clean yes. Tokyo is,
0: and, and they yeah, apologize I mean, to you if a train is a minute late. Yeah.
5: <laughs> the advertising well, so is it, like a, it's like a clean version of Blade Runner.
0: Yeah, <laughs> essentially. <laughs>
5: Um, we, when yeah, we went to Japan,
3: uh, we went to Japan in uh, for work in January, and they were telling us like it's very, very clean. But they were saying, uh, and they were right; it's clean because there are no trash cans. Yeah. So literally, there's there's nowhere to throw your trash away, and therefore you don't even think about throwing it away. You Just put it back in your pocket, or don't mm-hmm. even have trash. But
2: that's part. But that's part of the let's. That's a societal thing, you know. Yes. That that's yeah. a. You know, there's the the idea of the community being responsible mm-hmm. as a whole that you don't get in a lot of Western cultures.
3: Yeah, you you can't even get people to wear masks. Do You think you're going to get them to read again? <laughs> oh my know. god! <laughs> well,
5: and, and, well, and the, other, the other thing I was going to say um, in, in contrast, I forgot. I'm sorry. One of us said use the word brand before when talking about. Um, these characters' properties, and I think that's very apt here when we talk about the United States because, and I, again, I Jamai, I'm like agreeing with you all the time here. It's is fantastic. But, <laughs> um, we, we got to sit down and have a drink sometime. But the, the the other, the, the key thing I think to remember is that United States, like the soup, like superheroes are very much baked into our popular culture. And sure. they have been since they appeared in, in the golden age. Right. But them, at, to, to focus on them as, as, as a reading experience, um, that, that's, I mean, think about it. When did comics still the greatest quantities? It was in the 1940s, like the 1930s and the yeah. 40s, World War II. And then even after the war, the numbers started to go down. They were still enormous by today's standards. But, um, uh, you know, again, I, I'm going to put on my teacher here. Americans are not readers. No. We are not a reading culture, period. Um, and we can get into all kinds of political discussions about that in a different type of show and the consequences <laughs> of that. But in talking about comics... You know, So that kind of ebbs and flows. But the, the characters, like everyone in the world knows who Spider-Man is, right? right everyone right. knows who Superman is, Batman. So they're the more prominent. And then when you think about the impact of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which when you really think about it is, is staggering uh, on a global mm-hmm. scale. And even though we know as, as fans that all the stories in those movies are, are taken in some form or another from some of the classic plot lines from the comics – you know, the average moviegoer is not aware of that at all, really. Yeah, yeah. And now, when you have these brands, these characters, like everyone knows who Thanos is now. Like, think about I was,
4: that. I was going right? to say, yeah, yeah, like, like, like he's kind of, especially with Infinity War, he's kind of become like a movie villain on par with how villainized he is in, in the comics. And and I work at Barnes and Noble, seeing how prolific Marvel characters are, whether they are like the takeoffs of the MCU with like with like you know Iron Man, Black Panther, Captain Marvel. Or you you see like in the YA uh, graphic novel stuff with like Miss Marvel, Miles Morales, or or even Squirrel Girl. Yeah, Marvel has is, is much. I mean, we know this. I'm just I'm just kind of saying it for the conversation. Marvel's far more closer to the idea of a Japan sort of world in terms of like uh, this sort of cultural acceptance, whereas DC, you know, it, it, it's that's what they're doing. They're laying all these all these characters, and I, and I think that like um whatever japan's doing marvel is is kind of inching towards it uh <laughs> through both how they've kind of made their characters accessible with all ages and also yeah. the movies
5: well yeah right. because the characters uh, well said because you know as the comics diminish really more and more um the characters aren't going to because they're just whereas we're not in like a manga devouring culture and jamal's right it that a lot that's a lot of that's culture and societal but but we st- we still love the characters. Like when I'm teaching in the high school I work in, there's tons of kids wearing superhero shirts. They don't read the comic books, mm-hmm. um, but they all know the characters. And you're going to keep seeing. It. And Marvel's very sad when you think about it because they-, they keep putting these characters in all these different formats. And and they and like again, let's go back to that word. They're maintaining that and they're building that brand. It's just yep. you know, it's not always in ways that we would w- would appreciate being, you know, comic book fans, but that that's what's happening. And when you think about it in a way, I mean it's it's very s- smart and clever because it keeps those characters like Stanley's probably smiling in his grave because you know that he was the promotional <laughs> man and they're just promoting this stuff just bigger and bigger and bigger. If you had told that's me what?
0: if you had told me, you know, 10 15 years ago that Thanos would be you know, the type of villain that you think yeah, yeah, Yeah. like, like as like Voldemort or like Hans Gruber as like, you know, one of these, one of these names that rolls off the tongue as, you know, like movie villains that everybody knows, um, or, you know, societal villains that everybody knows, um, when it comes to pop culture, I would have been shocked at the same time. I would have hoped that dark side would be one of those villains, and we haven't gotten there.
3: Uh, Snyder cut, huh. baby. Yeah. yeah. Snyder
4: uh, will save ben. Ah. He'll save us all with his genius. I have a question. Yeah. Um, just sort of a, as, as an, an adjacent kind yeah. of slight tour, but like, did anybody? And I'm I'm expecting no. Did anybody honestly think that with the news that came on last Monday, 18T going to kill DC Comics?
0: No. 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 Not at all. No. No. No
4: way. It said, yeah. I, I, I figured much, but people were, were kind of forecasting this is the start of that death knell. I this swear. It's the beginning of, of like, like, this time in five years there'll be no more comics.
0: Everybody tr- who tried to spread the rumor that DC was going to start licensing out their characters to Marvel And uh, that that Marvel was going to (laughs) start producing DC Comics themselves and stuff like that. It's like, number one, it's not the 80s where that almost happened. Like a lot has freaking changed, you know, and even when that almost happened in the 80s, it almost is a is a term that's very difficult to interpret, you know, like
4: old war. Than and nuclear annihilation than that exactly
0: yeah like like just because Jim Shooter said oh hey this almost happened <laughs> doesn't mean that it was you know like one <laughs> one signature away from happening you know and a lot would have to change for that to actually occur in the world of comic books or in the world of pop culture in general this is not Disney buying Marvel you know this wouldn't literally be. Not even a parallel move. This would be the exact same business. This would be Microsoft buying Apple. Like it's It's
4: Highlander.
2: Yes. (laughs) Well, number one, it wouldn't happen only because the 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 FTC would step in real fast.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Yeah. Because that's that's like that is a step too far. Like it was. It's bad enough that Disney now owns Fox. You know,
1: right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, which, by the way, uh, it's it's still. I'll have to mention it's still on the schedule, guys. Next week, New Mutants is coming out. I can't believe that they're releasing a movie that doesn't exist to
3: theaters. Hey, it, it, they're they're putting, it, putting that they're putting that movie out so it can be on VOD in about two months. Exactly, there
2: is no there is no New Mutants movie. It is just a mass fever dream by some <laughs> former Fox executives. They took too much mescaline, they passed out. <laughs> <laughs> they had this hallucination. Uh, Gose and Kevish is involved somehow. I don't know.
3: <laughs> that, that I said the same thing with Venom until I saw it. <laughs> the, the trailer's one entire giant deep fake. That's all it is. Also, <laughs> pretty much.
2: Also, you, you missed your
0: chance to say this, uh, Jamal. There is no new mutants. There's only Zul. <laughs> <laughs> oh man
4: She's like five years older than she is in the movie yeah (laughs) it's the
0: only commercial I'm seeing on Hulu when I load things up now is New Mutants like there's no other commercial I'm watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine and they're trying to tell me New Mutants coming to theaters I'm like no theaters are open in New York nice try try again
4: I can't tell if people feel bad for that movie or they're making fun of the idea to feel bad for that movie. I,
2: I, I honestly feel bad for the movie. I, re, I really do. I know why they have to do it. They have to put it out in, in theaters. It's part of the contract. Yeah, exactly. If they put it out for a week, then it can be on it can be on VOD in yep. a month. Yep, exactly. That's the only way they're going to recruit their money. Yep. They, they're just putting it out to say, hey, we put it out finally yeah hey guys leave us
4: alone internet <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I, and
0: to to go to go back for two seconds to japan when i was in tokyo um i think the perfect microcosm of how different tokyo is to the rest of the world was when i went to yodaboshi camera and this is the in the days of the, of, the uh, of like the height of the 3ds um, and there were people all throughout the area of this electronics store, one of the largest electronics stores in all of Tokyo, right in the middle mm-hmm. of Akihabara. Street passing. I've been there. Street passing. <laughs> Street passing with everybody going by. Street pass was a thing that you could do where if you pass by another person with a 3DS, you would essentially get a geotag from them. Uh, you download their character and you'd be able to play a bunch of mini games on your 3DS. They weren't playing 3DS games. They were playing the mini games built into the 3DS and just street passing for hours sitting outside of that. And that's the community aspect of japan that you don't get elsewhere you know right that that that, you know when we go into a comic shop where they're unless you're unless you're literally going there to meet up with friends like you're very likely if you get into a conversation it'll be a 15-minute conversation and you're in and out that's it these guys were there for four hours street passing and talking to each other and getting to know each other. And uh, when I passed by with my street pass, immediately four people looked up and laughed and clapped because, Oh, Hey, here's the American guy. I just got on my, on my street pass. Like they could see that it was me because I made my character look like me. And you know, that's, that's, that's the, the communal aspect that we really do not get here in the United States. And in a lot of other countries as well, that, that, you know, happens there that we don't get and it's another reason why manga is what it is, is that you know people hang out in manga stores like what we used to do in Borders. The only difference is they actually buy the comics as opposed to us sitting down and reading <laughs> them and then putting them back on the shelf. Um,
4: so hang on, am I the only person on the call who's not been to Japan? Uh,
2: at, at this yeah. point, yes. I'm sorry.
4: <laughs> I've been
2: betrayed. <laughs> when, uh, Donovan, when, we leave the, when we're able to leave the country again, I, you must go to Japan. Yes. Make it uh, happen.
4: I'll just, I'll just, no, it, it is... With, where is the country going might. I might just move there and stay there. <laughs> it,
2: it, yeah. I I have to say it is probably the nerdiest and best trip that I've ever taken Hell yeah. in my entire life. Hell yeah. Yep.
0: I wanna go. I went there for my thirtieth, uh, it was six years ago and I, I'll I'll never forget it. It was it was fantastic in every single way. Um to wrap up
2: it's amazing oh my, oh god. my god
0: yes <laughs> best sushi of my life and it was just some rando place uh, that was supposed to be one of the quote-unquote cheaper ones i don't care it was the best scallop i had in my life <laughs>
2: They, they got me to eat octopus. That's you know that's a feat right there. No,
0: Mar- Mar- Martha made octopus from scratch a couple a couple of, a couple of days ago. Actually, it was absolutely delightful. Cool. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Did she fish it herself? Yeah. Yes. The harpoon.
0: Uh, well, Whole, Whole Foods did, and then and then she went ahead and, and and made it from there. But that's uh, that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> I want to I want I want to wrap up the DC talk a little bit uh, so we can talk about some stuff we've been you know reading and watching and and get into some of Jamal's upcoming works as well. But I think I'm just going to wrap it up with this again we cannot see into the future. You know, we are not Doc Brown. We don't have a, a, a time machine on hand. Um, however, most of the conversation that has been coming out of DC for the most part, even after the layoffs, I still view as mostly positive times change, organizations change and, you know, regrouping and rebuilding happens. And, and, This is not necessarily a death knell to me. This is a rebuilding stage that had to happen, whether it's the fact that, you know, it's happening because of AT&T or whether it's happening because the market itself needed it to happen. I think that in the end, when we look back on this in about two years, three years, I think this is going to be looked back as a necessity as opposed to a detriment, and I think that's where I'm gonna I'm gonna end it there in my in my talks. I think that that this is it had to happen one way or the
3: other.
2: I don't disagree this, at all. Actually,
4: I I I think DC is screwed.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, but this has the potential to be the equivalent of. Joe Quesada coming in as editor in chief for Marvel after their bankruptcy exactly with the Marvel Knights and, and everything he did after that, once he took over, took over.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And, and also as a fan of comics, it's hard for me to just look at things as complete negatives. You know, like I've, I've been, I've been reading comics since I was 13, you know, like, and it's, it's something that I love. It's something that I'm passionate about as I've, as I've grown older, as I've done what I've been doing for the last, you know, 10 plus years, uh, crap 15 years holy hell it's been 15 years uh you know that game is all you know oh i know right uh but it's it's a business that i love and although i i myself don't make the comics so many people i know make the comics sup jamal um (laughs) it's you know it's it's one of those businesses that i that i do want to see achieve and not die and that's why I have to look on the positive side of this DC restructuring. And I hope that in the end I'm right and that you're wrong in this instance, Donovan. I really, really do. But if you're right, you, you have the right to say to me, told you.
4: <laughs> no, no. I, I, I love DC, honestly. And it's not in the last year. Yeah. Um, it, I, working for like DC universe, it's kind of made me realize that like, you know, I love both DC and Marvel, but I really feel more home at DC.
0: Yeah.
4: Uh. And I don't want anything bad to happen to it, no matter how angry they make me. Of course. Um, but I, I mean, and I, I'm not even saying like, I'm right. I really don't know. But like, I, despite what Jim Lee said in that kind of follow up interview, I just got a really bad feeling in terms of like where we might want the company to go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I hope I, I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I, odds are I am wrong. I, I just, <laughs> I just, I didn't see anything that, that inspired me since Monday, personally.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. No, completely fair, man. I mean, I mean, and again, I, I completely get where you're coming from. I just, I'm, I'm doing my best not to be. Oh, it's me. The sky is falling in, like in every single instant.
3: But I completely get where you're coming over, from.
4: It's all over, people. We don't have a prayer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> if, if they can find a way to make a comic book like the Howlers from the Harry Potter movies, where you open it up and there's now an esports. Shoutcaster narrating a book, the book—the best thing that'll ever happen.
0: Oh my god! Drama edit or something. I mean, with VR these days, you know, it, it is something that could happen. Uh, particularly, I mean, who the heck knows? DC,
2: uh,
1: Oculus.
0: Any, any any final thoughts from for anybody else? I mean, Jamal, obviously, you've you've done you've done a lot of the talking on this one, but any, any final thoughts on the, on the on the whole DC shebang?
2: No, I. You know what? I I take the the positive approach. To be honest, I I agree. I mean, obviously, I agree with the sentiment that these are changes that needed to happen. I think, feel like everything is accelerated now because of you know COVID nineteen and everything else. Um, I it, it's we'll see. You know, I'm hoping that you know this two year plan that they're putting together really works out in the way that you know is beneficial and that improves not just you know dc's bottom line but the industry as well
0: yeah and 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 hey i can i can safely say hey the 90s are over bob harris is gone anyway um i had i had to say it i couldn't resist
3: i was i was waiting for that yeah quiet for editor-in-chief in in terms of personality (laughs) when he took over
0: yes um i think because he realized that if he did talk it would be a mistake
3: um (laughs) Uh, all, all I'll say there is... Dio and, Bob, and Lee Bob, were still out there as
5: the faces. Yeah. Bob Harris wrote an old Marvel miniseries, Nick Fury vs. S.H.I.E.L.D., that I still think very fondly of. Well, there you go. So,
0: Yeah, and, and Dan Dio is apparently already writing comics for Image. So, you know... They, really? Yeah. Things, things happen.
5: <laughs> uh, Ian, I got, I, got to, I got to run, buddy. I just wanted to let you know, so okay. I'm going to sign off. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, uh, yeah. Gentlemen, thank you all for joining us. Very much appreciated.
0: Right. Oh, my pleasure. 100% nice, our pleasure as well. Have a good rest of your night, sir. All
5: right, John. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, guys. Thanks. All right. Good night. Bye.
0: Okay. Um so uh I think it would be good for us to talk some comic books because comic mm-hmm. books are good and they're not the business of comic books. So,
3: <laughs> yes. So now that now that Chris is left has comic timing now taken over as Jeff Johns did the DCEU and now we get to push people around and threaten actors uh, uh,
2: stuff. uh <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, that, that is that is merely one side of the story. We don't know, we don't know what has really happened. Yes, and yes, all, and, and that, all and, I
3: know is there's one guy doing all the talking, but nobody in comics is spilling anything about. <laughs> who or whatever jeff johns is in real life it's, and i'm like ah, i don't know who to believe here it's with good nobody's reason nobody's talking anything else uh, other than ray porter it's it's with Rick
0: good re- it's with good reason casina and if anything is actually uh if there is tea to be spilt it'll be spilt at some point
4: <laughs> that did, much did we talk about the um i mean this is the old news now but like w- w- did we do an episode when like they announced the justice league thing
0: um, we did touch on it, yeah. Uh, we we, uh, we addressed it, um... I, I'm not sure if you were on that one, Donovan. It may have actually been the last one Jamal was on. Because um, uh, I think, uh, on that episode, we did touch on the fact that the Snyder Cut was happening. Um, yeah, much to
2: my disappointment. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> comic
3: timing, CGS listeners. Well, now still we're never existed. we're getting to... our wires crossed here. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey,
0: hey, hey. It's a crossover, okay? It's both episodes.
3: I'm, I'm specifying for all the brand new, that's fine for all the brand new CGS listeners that are now going to become comic timing listeners on a regular basis, yes. right? That's yes. the whole point.
0: Yes, exactly. Eh? 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 All right. Eh? Eh?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but yes, uh, yeah. We we did talk about that on on the the last episode of CT. Uh, we we did address that. How you know some of us are looking forward to it, and others are like, "Oh, hey, that's a thing that exists." So you know,
3: it's gonna be look on uh, Saturday.
0: Yeah, actually, funny enough, because we've got uh, you know, oh. what's it called, Fandom? Yes,
3: yeah. yeah.
0: Fandom. It sounds like all Fandome.
4: the fans are come come together and like battle for the creator's amusement.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> it does sound a lot like that, and I hope that every single thing that happens on that thing starts off with a booming voice going, "Fandom."
3: And the Star Trek fight music. Did Dio secretly locked in a voiceover contract before he left? Oh, God.
0: <laughs> no. No. Next question.
5: Let's get ready to rumble, rumble, rumble.
0: <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good times. Everybody's going to be ready. Okay, next question.
5: I'm um- Italian. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. I, I'm personally just glad I got to throw out my D'Dio impersonation at least once on this call because I, I'm not yeah. going to be doing that nearly as much as I used to.
4: There's no <laughs> reason for him to stop. He's he still, he still existing he continuity.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's true. But that's the past continuity. We're not going to talk about the past continuity. We're going to go forward. <laughs> okay. Next question. Um, <laughs> did, did you guys hear about Scott Snyder's new, uh, new Kickstarter slash uh, image uh, imprint?
3: Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> He's everywhere. <laughs> I, I I am a fan of Tony Daniel. I'm a fan of Scott Snyder. Yeah. I have a Tony Daniel flash head sketch on my wall. Yeah, I loved his stuff on Titans. I loved it when he was writing. Um, I think Batman before the New Fifty Two and like his style changed. Yeah. with the New Fifty Two, like I don't know what the deal is with Tony Daniel in terms of his art, but mm-hmm. like his art style has. To me, in my opinion, not speaking for anybody else but me, but in my opinion, like, some things have gotten better, and then some things have gotten worse, Mm -hmm. where, like, there's a lot of times where I look at his uh, pages or whatever, and, like, I don't know, maybe it's the coloring or the inking, I have no idea what contributes to what, but all I know is his name's at the top of the list, right? Uh, It just seems, like, very, very flat. Like, Mm -hmm. none of his characters look like they're, they look like, you know, he can draw better than I can, but they're flat in the same way that all of my characters would come out that way. (laughs) Um, So I don't know if it's like a speed thing he's doing or an efficiency. And I also kind of roll my eyes because, you know, Tony Daniel was announced as the artist of the city of Bane or whatever. And it turns out he did like one and a half issues or whatever. (laughs) And I'm just like, you know, I don't begrudge the guy. It's always personal stuff going on. So who knows what happened? But all I know is with the work that was put in front of me, and when it was substandard and then it was like, you know, here and there, mm-hmm. all I can go is, okay, well, now we're going to create our own. Like, what I don't know what, what's what been going on or whatever, but it just doesn't lend me any faith behind the project. Mm-hmm. And then it also grown because this is kind of like a, I don't know, I guess you would say like a Zach Braff Kickstarter movie thing <laughs> uh, in terms of, you know, comics Kickstarter, because here's two successful creators who – Already have a publishing deal lined up with Image, and now they're launching a, a Kickstarter to do, you know, a special edition. It's just like, what, what do you need this for? If you if you believe in the strength of your own brand, and so does Image to to publish a book. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm also the guy who bought the Spawn action figure Kickstarter from <laughs> Top. Of <the> Box, so.
0: <laughs> I'm outraged. I can't stand it. Except for the fact that I'm uh- one of those suckers.
3: <laughs> Uh, Hey, you know, I, I don't buy many action figures from Todd McFarlane, but... You know when he promises me all these different things, and he's doing updates all the time i 'm like oh it 's a good campaign i don 't know.
0: Fair, fair know fair enough fair enough well it 's made ninety seven thousand four hundred and fifty dollars right now uh, as we record this uh, more than uh, almost double the uh, forty thousand that they asked for initially um, and I get why they 're doing it uh, because I mean you know I mean Jamal can say this as much as anybody that uh, you know the comic book business itself is not the most lucrative business for creators um, even with a a contract already in place with a, with a you know with a publisher you're going to want to make as money as much money as possible off of a off of a product to then potentially make more of that product um, right. and and that's what i assume Snyder and Daniel were trying to do here with Nocturnal uh you know the first of this new publishing line uh, which is called Best Jacket Press out of image Take take that for you know for what you will. That's what I look at it as.
2: I, and having having talked to Scott about it, um, I know well, one, he's not taking any money out of this at all. Got it. Yeah, you know, this is this is all going to the books and all going to the other creators. Got it. So, you know, that that's a big part of it. But the other thing is that he wants to use this money. Like whatever extra money is coming is going to come from this Kickstarter is going to fund books with new creators.
0: Well, that's great.
2: Yeah. So you know that's part of it. It's, it's you know. Scott's a good Scott's a good guy. He's you know, he's he's a, he's a guy that I like and he's a guy that I want to work with at some point and you know, it's just I'm I'm happy for him. I'm you know, I knew like I could see like within the first hour that they were going to like, you know, that they were going to make their goal by the end of the first day. Oh, so. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> also, this just in.
0: Jamal Igle wants to work with, Okay, no, no. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Jamal wants
3: to Work. Period. <laughs>
2: well, that too. <laughs>
3: that too. Jamal,
2: Jamal Eggle has enough work on his plate as it is, <laughs> uh, but he's damn good at it. So that's that, uh, that's try.
3: why we're plugging him. Exactly. I
0: try.
2: Exactly. I try.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I'm. I'm probably going to pledge to this. I. I. I, I want to see what this is going to be like. And um, I mean, you know, again, we're not going back to talking about DC, but I think that it's it's smart. For Scott in particular, um, and, and Tony and pretty much anybody who can at this point to have other sources of income outside of just, you know, the big two when they can get it. And right. and you know, this is this is definitely gonna be that. Even with Scott putting all this back into the line, um, if he can build the line and he can build, you know, a bunch of different comics coming out for create for a multitude of creators, there's no negative in that. This is this is all positive to me, so that's that's what this needs to be, and I think that that it it's gonna do you know good for the industry in the end. So
2: I agree. Yep, true that. Anywho, and at the same time, honestly, from a strategic standpoint, doing a launch like this with the collector's edition, yeah, you even with Scott and Tony's names, you wouldn't get the same coverage or the same amount of attention if they were just doing if they just announced that they were doing a book at image
0: oh sure absolutely yeah um i mean i i I recently uh you know funded uh lemire's kickstarter um Mm. you know and that that was not too long ago cosmic detective um and that one you know that's launching as a 168 page hardcover which is freaking awesome But at the same time, like, you know, they launched it as as their stuff. Um, I don't think there is a publishing deal in place yet. Um, And it's a very different scenario of, you know, going straight to Kickstarter and then and then working on the deal. Um, And we've seen creators do either or. I feel like, you know, sometimes there's already something in place and other times it happens afterwards. I think that this is just, you know, there's no one set way of doing these sort of campaigns, what have we been reading, people? That's that that's 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 important to me. I want to know what you folks have been enjoying over the past couple of months. It's Brent, DC books? Oh oh, 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 DC, DC, what, what, Donovan, DC, what, what?
4: <laughs> that's crazy.
2: <laughs> Would <talk>. you believe? <laughs> well, so, okay, so on my end, not to interrupt, Donovan, If any of you want to talk about uh, talk about your books first, oh no, go ahead. Okay, so after. Weeks of trying to track this down, yeah. nobody had it, and I finally found a copy. Mm-hmm. I finally got the 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 prologue trade paperback of Firepower by Robert Kirkman and Chris Somni. Ooh, <laughs> ah, I've been waiting for this one. Yes, yeah, so it is. Uh, it's real. Well, you know, it's good. It's you know, it's Kirkman and Somni. So yeah, you know, it's it's a good looking, high concept. Book the fact that they did a trip, an entire trade paperback as a prelude to their ongoing monthly comic <laughs> is a little insane but when you've got walking dead money i guess you can do whatever the hell you want sure um, but it it's 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 fun it's you know i mean the premise is very simple it's about this guy named Owen who is chinese but he was raised in the united states and he goes on. He's adopted. And he goes on a search for his parents, but he picks up martial arts along the way, and then he eventually finds his way to this this uh, clan of you know of martial artists who can you know throw fire from their hands, and he trains with them and falls in love, and you know, but they get attacked by the Scorched Earth Clan, and you know he's one in the you know thousands. It, it's and then you know the, it ends where the the new series picks up which is 15 years later where he's married with two kids living in the suburbs okay <laughs>
3: uh, so iron fist meets matrix meets avatar last airbender
2: eh, more it, i would say it's more iron fist if he's the chosen one that's where i just pulled matrix from i don't know well yeah 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 but it, it, it it's well he's not the chosen he's not the chosen one so it's more Iron Fist meets Kung Fu. Got it. Ah. Yeah. So, 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 so
0: no, nothing changed when the Fire Nation attacked in this one, then? It's, it, it's not, quite, not quite Avatar.
2: <laughs> well, no, it's not, it's not quite Avatar, but I, I have started watching Korra. I gotta get back to watching Korra because I'd never seen Korra, and it's really good. Yes. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Netflix.
4: <laughs> people didn't
2: like it at the time i
4: heard
0: uh, i it grew on me uh the first season is a little bit hit or miss for me but i think after that it really got good um it, it just took a little while to get into overdrive personally
2: i th- i think part of the problem and i and hannibal taboo actually pointed this out is that it came out too soon yes like if there had been more of a breather between Last Airbender and the new ser- and the Legend of Korra, I think more people would have been accepting initially.
4: Yeah, it was like a year afterwards, or like the very next year.
2: Something like that, yeah. Like it was a really, it was a really fast turnaround.
0: Yeah, just just like if the creators of Avatar: The Last Airbender hadn't come out and said, uh, "Yeah, uh, we ran away from the live action version because it looks like a trash fire," uh, <laughs> then maybe I'd be looking forward to it a bit more than I am right now.
3: Alan Moore ran away from Watchmen, and the Watchmen season one was fantastic. That is a know.
0: very good point. That is a very good point, which is why oh. I will not entirely say it's going to be bad, but. M. Night Shyamalan movie.
4: <laughs> That's the only <laughs> avatar I've actually seen.
0: Oh no. <laughs> oh, I laughed the entire time. No, Donovan, please see the animated series. Do that <laughs> <laughs> immediately. Wash that taste out of your mouth, man. Come on.
4: <laughs> uh, it seriously was hilarious. <laughs> I,
2: left, oh, I left my hands on.
0: God. So the the uh so the firepower prelude got you
2: looking forward to the ongoing? Yeah, actually, I picked up the the free comic book. It was sort of this backwards thing because I picked up the free comic book day issue first. Yeah. And they reprinted that as issue one, and then I picked up issue two. Mm -hmm. And I'd been trying to get this book and Pulp also by Brubaker and Sean Phillips, which I still haven't gotten a copy of because it's freaking sold out everywhere. (laughs) So... And Here my LCS, books, my, LCS uh, <laughs> my LCS can't get a copy from Diamond for some reason. So hmm. uh,
0: <laughs> uh, it's all right, man. You'll get it. You'll get. Maybe you'll get it at a convent. Wait, hold on. Never mind. Nah, uh, yeah. yeah, digital. It is. Said I don't know. Yeah, it, it could be. Could be. Maybe if they have it in
3: stock. In <laughs> stock. <laughs> It, it, seems, it seems to be drive. sold out everywhere so right. if they're smart they'll print another one that's that's, and that's the whole point of the graphic novel format for him
0: uh i mean yeah i would think so but hey digital you know it's right there did that. yeah
3: that that was another thing i was gonna say yeah, have- <laughs> there's never a, not a copy available on digital
0: yes uh yeah, no. Uh, In stock trades does indeed have the Pulp Hardcover cover right now. Uh, I am seeing that on their website, so that's a thing. <laughs> Donovan, what have what have you been up to?
4: I think A. S. M. has been on fire for a while. Yeah, I've been really, really enjoying the Spencer run, and and I've, you know, I've, I've referenced here or there on Comic Time that like I. I never really got over <laughs> One More Day, and I read I read, read Spider Man um, throughout you know brand, I mean, sporadically throughout brand Dan. day, and I read the slot run. It just I just I just never thought it was like good, um, or at least or at least you know as good as it would have come before. And I think Spencer to me brings back the sense of who Peter Parker is because he's not like shucking and jiving for comedy. Hmm. He feels like a character who's had like the weight of his own history behind him. And there's this whole thing going on with this new villain Kindred and stuff, which I think is particularly interesting. There are some really new ideas. He's he's brought Peter and MJ back together in a way which doesn't feel thoroughly contrived. Um, and there's a lot of mystery in this too. Like I, I really feel like I, I that like that my Spider-Man <laughs> has kind of returned uh, through him. And between that and like Chip Zdarsky's, um spectacular from a year or two ago. Uh, I, I in like um um the current Miles book. I'm really happy with like a uh, the Spider-Man books that I'm reading. I'm not reading a Ghost Spider um, or any of the other ancillaries, but I'm really digging that.
0: Did you on the did, Marvel speaking of Zdarsky? Did you read Spider-Man Life Story?
4: Was, yeah, I really yeah yeah. I got the trade the moment I saw it. So good. Uh, after I read every after I got every every issue. And, I mean, Bagley's my Spider-Man artist, and uh, I I. I adored that. I thought that was too great. I, I just, I just like Spider Man. Between that and like the PS4 game, I just like a Spider Man that like really is like Spider Man and not the kind of the, the product they've been shilling mm-hmm. since Ultimate Spider Man. Like, like you know, he's a child. Like, I th- that's not Spider Man to me. So, like, I've been digging what's been happening recently with the character.
0: Well, I don't entirely agree with that because I was a huge fan of Ultimate Spider Man for years, and I like the current you know movie Spider Man. I. I need to I need to get into Spencer's Run. I I've, I've heard some, you know, very positive things about it. I'm glad that it didn't take Mephisto to get them back together. Um so, so that's so that's something at least. Uh but I yeah, I I'll I'll, re- I'll I'll probably start reading it in unlimited soon just to see, you know, how I feel about it cause, uh he worked on what was it the the that villain book uh a couple years back uh, with the Spider-Man
4: Superior Foes.
0: Yeah, thank you. Superior Foes, yes. And I mean that was that was a lot of fun. So I'll I'll I'm 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 going to have to give it a shot just to see what it's what it's like feel-wise and what have you. So nice.
4: Yeah, man, there's there's that I mean I mean you guys have mentioned it before in past episodes but like seriously un- Immortal Hulk is just, oh, just the coolest thing. Yes.
2: Oh, it's insane. It so is, good. It's so insane. Yep.
4: Oh, <laughs> uh, that, that that one that one's awesome. Um, Daredevil. Uh, I kind of sat out of the uh, the Charles Soul run because I really love the Wade run and the Charles Soul one was like completely opposite of that. So the current run by the I'm really enjoying.
0: Okay, I'm uh, I'm, I'm I'm glad is, you is said there, that. I'm glad you said that well, because it's it's, it's, it's been Daredevil very by
4: numbers, but it's it's still entertaining.
0: Yeah, but well, well no, it's just more that I I've heard some people love it and some people hate it. Um so that's that's
2: why I am Well, go- here here's the problem. Here's my problem with Daredevil in general is everything is his fault. <laughs> Matt, no, Matt Murdock is a hot mess <laughs> because he's a Catholic. <laughs> Matt Murdock is a hot mess. Yeah, he's a him. He is a hot mess himbo, and everything everything is his fault because he can't keep his dick in his pants. <laughs> That's why he's the most relatable character who's ever been created. Uh, oh my god, I, it's it,
0: I can't say you're wrong because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. No, I'll. I'll I that's again, uh, yet again on my list of uh, of two reads, one hundred percent. And I'm maybe about two trades behind on on a mortal Hulk. Um, but I I'm loving what I'm reading, and it's yeah. Yeah, it, pretty much anything a uh, mortal Hulk related as well. Like I got I got to read that She Hulk thing that's uh, that's coming out soon. It's uh, it, it's such a revitalization for the character of the Hulk.
4: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not. I kind of, I want to say I've got. You know, I've always liked the Hulk as a character, but like I didn't start reading him till uh, the Amadeus Cho stuff. Mm-hmm. And I did read the previous She-Hulk title, which I th- I thought was cool. I thought it was really really interesting. But this this is this one was just like, this is just a, a heck of a book. Um, where where DC's concerned, you know, I'm reading Batman, I'm reading Detective, and like. I don't think that, like, a Joker War kind of story... It feels really redundant, like, repetitive of, like, death of the family, but... Mm-hmm. Um. But uh I'm also reading Batman the Outsiders, that's doing pretty solid. But like I, to kind of like bridge it over to to you Ian, I I also am in reading Young Justice. Oh
2: God. Um,
1: it,
4: looks like, it looks like Ben is, like it can't make up his mind whether Tim's like the Drake or he's Robin again. Like a lot
0: of
2: yeah, I know. Are Robin.
0: Yeah. can I just continue to make the statement that the Drake or Drake is the worst code name <laughs> ever for Mr. Tim Drake? Uh, it's it is like even though he's like why bother wearing a mask it, when Jean when Jean I, Grey I w- actually
4: wrote with the name but that like, the costume was fuckly yeah but but it like
1: is. when Jean it Grey is.
0: was running around as Jean Grey she didn't have a mask because her name was literally Jean Grey like what's her secret identity Jean Grey like come on you know like if you're gonna be running around with the name of Drake why do you have a mask because it's clear who you are like come on you've basically given really it that
1: away happened. yeah <laughs> that was hilarious
4: <laughs> oh, man. So much fun, but I, I, I'm digging what Young Justice. Um, it, I I like Bendis' Superman. I honestly do. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm reading Superman consistently since Rebirth, but like, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if it's like a Bendis bias people have, but like, I'm reading his Superman, and yeah, some of his characters, some of his character dialogue is annoying. Mm-hmm. Like the way that like um Adam Strange talks, or the Adam, it's just like that doesn't. They're not drawn like like they would have that kind of like cadence. But Superman, I, I think in terms of his Clark and stuff. I, I dig. Did you guys? Were you guys turned off by a Superman?
0: Uh, I, I've liked what I've read so far. Um, I'm way, 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 way behind on it, but I know that uh, it's it's a Ben. It, it's been this style, you know. It, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. And I mean, I've, I've been a fan of Bendis and his writing all the way through his Avenger stuff, and it's reminiscent of that at times. But he does seem to at least get the character of Superman down, um, and specifically also his Lois um, feels like Lois Lane to me. Um, I, am I'm still a little annoyed at the aging up of Jonathan Kent, uh, but I know that that was probably editorial as much as it was anything else. Um, but it's worked well enough and I, yeah, overall, I think, I think it's, it's, it's done pretty well. Plus, I mean, he's had some amazing artists working with him on this, on, on, on the project, which certainly helps.
4: I, 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 I agree, but I also hate to say that like John Romita Jr. is not one of them. (laughs) And I think, and I owe that to like. Chance that needs to
2: stop inking him because like it, it no, just, no no yeah. no don't don't blame Klaus. <laughs> not blame, well, no,
3: so I, I not agree with Jamal. Klaus. If you've if you've looked at Jr. Jr.'s pencils on more any of the more recent stuff he's done in like the last five years, and then you look at what's on the page, you can kind of tell that there's inkers that are doing a lot of heavy lifting for him. I mean, like the layouts and the the you know proportions and stuff are all there. Yeah but just the the detail is is not there but i, really I superman superman for me's been yeah right. i mean the the thing he did with frank miller was pretty good but i think like you know you know that thing's going to sell again and again and again and again and again in hardcover right. or trade paperback so you would put effort into that but you know any old superman issue i don't know i think the Bendis stuff's been suffering for me i think because of scheduling um oh, because yeah batman and detective which are my two like number one go-to books are every other week you know i get four issues of batman a month and it's great whereas superman i would be more excited about if i was reading more of it like i was before bendis jumped on and we had four issues of superman a month on you know superman in action when they were double shipping so i think in in that way like it's kind of suffered for me because it's like wait what happened last issue whereas like with detective yeah. and batman i know exactly what happened last issue because it wasn't that long that i read it
4: i would agree with that yeah
3: yeah because
4: it, it, it does feel yeah there because like he's oh he's in space fighting mongol that's right because it, it feels like the whole secret identity thing has been kind of like kind of pushed to the side and we're kind of concentrating on like you know reintroducing him with uh connor kent Superboy, yeah. boy which is cool but it's also like i'm trying to keep track of <laughs> how we got here.
0: Well, and and I think that that's another one of those things that probably would have been cleared up at least a little bit by what would have been 5G. And now part of me is really nervous as to whether or not Connor is going to continue to be a character uh, in his current form at whatever comes next. Um, Because clearly, you know, Jonathan Kent running around with the Legion is, you know, great for now, but I'm sure eventually he's probably going to come home for good. You know, and then you've got two two superboys running around, you got Supergirl, you got a lot of super characters, and yes, I'm aware there's twelve Robins, but you know,
2: that's- but, no, but at the same <laughs> Batman family characters are there. Yeah. Yeah, but at at the same time I saw, and I found a work around a while ago is that DC has a trademark that they could use for Connor that they're not using right now, which is Valor. Ooh. Ooh, good point. Excellent point, Jamal. Yeah. Huh. Was I was going
4: to say The Connor, but I guess the
2: Valor was uh Manel. Yep. Back in the it was, was the 90s. They mm-hmm. did a, a series where when uh Manel was a member of Legion 2000 or, or Legion 90, yeah. Legion 89, Legion
0: 90. Yeah. And then Legion ninety one, I think, was the uh, was I think the last one or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we literally just talked about this uh, uh, like like a day like a day ago. I discussed this on mm. uh, on what's going to be the next release of this because that's how time works. Sometimes uh, uh, we mentioned that as the uh, there was an issue where Lobo and Captain Marvel got to punch each other and that was fun. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but, sounds complicated oh uh, yeah was that that was that was the issue like i mean and, and it was and it was drawn by barry kitson so you got to watch barry kitson draw captain marvel getting punched and you know there's what, what what else is better than that really but yeah i i would love for him to take the uh the the character of valor or something like that like it makes it makes sense it's there it's being well, that's unused why,
4: that's why i kind of like, like like just young justice because it looks like Bennis is actually caring about like, you know what is bart and tim and connor's history so yes. like he's he's in the last issue he addressed, like, uh, Bart, with, like, you know, I was this, you know, at one point I was a Flash and, and all this kind of stuff. So, like, it's not – it's like Rebirth promised to answer all these questions, and Bennett seems to be the only one interested in doing that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Will, Josh Williamson is kind of addressing a little bit of that with uh, Bart in the Flash run. The last issue he had uh, reverse Flash go up to uh, – impulse and go we you want to you want to be the flash again we all know what happened to you last time that that's happened. right
0: oh. yes. hey speaking of joshua williamson since you went ahead and said it brent damn man i can't believe it's ending
3: dude I, so i was gonna say in my my plugs here for books to read i think the flash run by joshua williamson it's been going on for five years or whatever however long since rebirth yeah. started yeah he's the only guy that stayed on a book this long yep uh, he's the last man standing of the rebirth teams, if you will. Well, uh, and lo- his lo- lo- Lobdell, his... if you want to say Lobdell. I stopped on Lobdell once he changed the title of uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws to like the third time or whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Is uh, is uh, Williamson
4: the longest running Flash Rider? I honestly don't know.
2: No, I think Kerry Bates is.
3: Okay, I think there's still oh. one or two more, but. In terms of number of issues in five years, I think he's one of the more prolific ones in recent years. Like, I think he might be longer than John's, John's run. He's at not longer point, because of the double shipping. He's not longer than Wade, though, right? No, 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 Wade. Well, he's been writing for five years, double shipping. So you, you count that maybe on a monthly schedule as like ten. Yeah.
0: How many? How many? How many years was was uh, was Wade on on Flash
3: uh, Jamal? Oh shoot, I can look that up. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, because in a flash <laughs> he's got at least five ultimate collections. I know, uh, like they're they're we're collecting his run there, five yeah. or six. Yeah,
0: but I I mean, and and just like again, like the bevy of artists that Williamson has gotten to work with as well has certainly certainly helped him out very much on on his yes. on his tenure. You know,
3: I mean Howard Porter's been in and out the entire run, which has been great. Yep. Um, carmine G d Mia i can't pronounce his name i'm sorry but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he started it off and he's i don't think he's back yet who is there now uh, Rafa Sandoval, which is a great artist yes yes. he's been in and out of the run he's coming back yep the last couple of issues um, so yeah great art great story it's basically one big long battle between uh, the flash and what you just found out spoilers reverse flash of the entire arc. And uh, interspersed between there are these new forces that uh, were discovered. And kind of, I'm waiting to find out why they were discovered. I guess we'll find out here. But he's wrapping up the end of his run, I think, in the next, like, uh, couple months. So, yep. yeah, it is a bummer because it is one of the best comics I've ever read. Yeah, it's it, – um,
0: it, I, I you know, anyone who knows me, and I've, I've said it before on um, both comic timing and comic e speak, that, you know, I'm a Wally guy before anything else. And, die. and Williamson has made me give a shit about about Barry Allen. Like,
4: how does he? Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not. I read Flash inconsistently. Like, not every issue, but every every time I like like the anniversary issue I read. Obviously, yeah. Um, how does he characterize Barry? Because like, I just know Barry as like the Silver Age guy who won't die again. Like, like how is he different <laughs> in personality wise from Wally West?
3: Because I, I know, know Wally West. Barry is the guy. Barry is the guy that's always late. Like he's constantly late for family gatherings and all this stuff because he's so focused and determined on being flash. And he's kind of forgiven for that by his quote unquote family because they all know that to him, like being a flash is the first thing because he has this weight of responsibility. So it's almost Peter Parker ish at this point. So he's not the Jeff Johns holier than thou old goody two shoes. Like he's very much the the Barry Allen that we got with New Fifty Two and all that where he's like much more modern um, you it's know, like and it's kind of more down to earth. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, so it runs in there, but yeah, the artists and the stories he's had. A year one thing with time travel, uh, which was very cool. All the rogues are used in here. He's introduced some new villains. Godspeed, if you watch the Flash TV show, is a Williamson creation. Yeah. Um, that has been very. That arc was very cool because as it's begun and ended, um, he had some weird like reverse speed force Dark Flash. Negative Flash stuff, uh, who is the guy, uh, the last guy that was on the Flash TV show, Bloodwork or something, I yes. believe yeah, was one of his mm-hmm. creations. Yep. So he might be the guy to watch, like, in terms of Flash lore, he might be the one we're looking back on in, in 20 years as
5: one of, it's of the not like a
3: Scott of Flash currently pretty much pretty much yeah but it's it's underrated and and nobody's talking about it which is strange
0: yeah but it, it is going to be i i would i would straight up say it is going to be one of those one of those runs that's going to look back on just as fondly as what wade and johns did um i i think that and possibly even more so than what johns did because um i there were some things that that hit with uh with johns's Rhodes gallery and there were some things that missed almost everything that Williamson has done with the rogues has worked with me. Um, whether it be new characters, whether it be existing characters, he's really made them a threat again in a lot of ways. Um, and none of it feels forced. Um, so, so that, that all definitely put to his, uh, to his potential.
2: So, so Wade's initial run Mm -hmm. on the flash Started in 1991 and ended in 2000. Wow, really? That, that was his that was his initial run, and then he came back in 2007. Yep, yeah, I remember that.
4: <laughs> so, was it Morrison after him, and then Johns?
2: It was more, yeah. It yeah. was Morrison. No, Johns is after because uh, Wade came back to do the the Wild West storyline with Daniel Cuna. Oh, yeah yeah so that was two thousand seven two thousand eight, and then John's is right after that
0: yeah wow and really? and and pyre, pyre did a bunch of it uh with Wade and also on his own if i remember
2: correctly yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah,ryer did, and so did Brian augustine Brian augustine was the the original co-writer on the flash got it yeah, yeah. so so
3: uh Williamson was up to issue eighty eight before it switched to the legacy numbering of seven fifty mm-hmm. and now we're up to seven fifty nine so I'm assuming he'll hit over like a hundred issues by the time this is all over. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and, and
0: and it's it's been his final issue has been solicited as it as has the first issue with the new writer. Uh, don't remember his name offhand right now, but we did mention it on last previews. Uh, whoever's going to be taking over, they've uh, they've solicited the first two issues of that, and it does seem like cool stuff. I'll just have to see if it you know resonates with me anywhere near as much what uh, what Williamson has been doing. Yeah,
3: I mean, Ian, I will harp on this for the uh, CGS listeners, but Comic Time listeners know this already. But his other book that I'm reading is Birthright, which comes out from Image Skybound. Yeah. And that just released issue 45. I think it's going to run probably total like 50 issues or whatever. Mm -hmm. But that is this big, epic, sprawling um, science fiction fantasy. Basically, the hook is – you have a little brother, and your little brother disappears into another dimension, and he comes back two years later, and now he's basically uh, Chris uh, Hemsworth as um, Thor, <laughs> you know <laughs> with a giant axe and sword, and he's all about slaying monsters and demons and magic, and he's stopping the world he grew up in in the last two years in this slow-down time thing. huh. Um, and, uh, you know, he's all about trying to stop that from invading Earth. And then you find out all these secrets about your family because of that. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and then,
2: that could happen. You know,
3: of course, everything <laughs> goes to shit. And, you know, 45 issues later, now we're trying to save the Earth from basically turning into that dimension.
2: See, uh, immediately so my baby, bar- the, the new Flash writer is Kevin Shinnick, who... Most recently was the writer on the Disney XD Spider-Man cartoon. Oh, okay, cool. All right, all right. So, but he's written some comics. He's written like Avenging Spider-Man and Superior Carnage, and he did a Batman eighty-page giant. All right, okay, yeah. all right. I'm, so I'm, it was him, I'm... And Clayton Henry. So oh. you, you know it's going to look uh, good. It. Hell, hell
3: yeah, a, a beast. I yes.
2: can't wait for that. Then. Yeah,
0: definitely. Uh, what, what I'll say is that the story that you just uh, that you described, Brent, immediately reminded me of. Uh, uh, a, an arc in the Star versus the Forces of Evil show, where Marco disappears into a, another dimension and like lives out an entire life as like almost like a warlord type type character, and then of course, the minute he he, he, go, he steps through the portal to head, to head back home, he 's back to being like you know, 14 again. And, and, and yet, yeah, he's, well, and yet he's had all these experiences, you know, there and everything
3: that he had that he has to deal yeah, with. Yeah, this is like your little brother disappears for two years and then comes back, and then all of a sudden he's uh, Conan the Barbarian kind of thing. Nice, you know, so that <laughs> that type of like sci-fi uh, fantasy world. And Andre Bresson is the artist; he's done every single issue, uh, and he probably will do all of them. Um, so they've started and stopped basically to take breaks for the artist, and uh, he's done every single issue uh, w- along with Joshua Williamson. So. Those are my two books I harp on uh, all the time. I read The Old Guard, uh, Volume 1, after I watched the movie. Okay. I didn't really like the movie that much. I thought it was just so-so, which was kind of a bummer, as much as it was like getting a lot of press. But I think that was because it was the only thing out to watch at the time. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but I like, um, What, you missed 365?
3: No, I didn't read that. Or I didn't watch that. Um but no, I thought the, com- the comic basically follows the movie to a T with a little bit of, you know, embellishments and pluses and minuses. So I can't really say, like, if you read the comic, you need to watch the movie or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't gain anything really from reading the comic other than going, oh, well, they really cut out a lot of the past history stuff that mm-hmm. was the most interesting part of the story out of the movie. Hmm. Probably because that's expensive. You got to co- make costumes for medieval <laughs> and all this other nonsense um i talked about once in future i think that's very good kieran gillen from boom studios yep that's on issue nine i think so far and the first trade is uh, basically like one story and i think it was originally um solicited as a mini series and it did so well that it's now an ongoing so that is kieran gillen and dan mora who's a beast So he him and andre bresson are uh one of my new favorite artists i think those two guys
0: nice uh, I I haven't done a lot of reading over the last couple of uh, weeks, but I I did go back and uh, take a look at the first two volumes of Umbrella Academy again, just because I I sat down and I I watched season two of the series, which I adored. Um, it's I I love the first season. The second season is like a step above for me. Uh, it 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 does character building in ways that the first season didn't get to um it it changes some of the story of the comic but in positive ways and gives more plot lines for the characters uh, that that we didn't get in the uh, in the original comics but but i went back to the original comics just to see just how different things are um and i really do appreciate them both for you know for as they stand um it's the 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 original comics the first two volumes are very different in some ways and very similar in others but uh where they're going with the story of the of the TV show looks like it's going to tie into more of what volume 4 which just got announced of Umbrella Academy is going to be so i haven't read volume 3 yet um i'm going to go ahead and do that uh, over over the next week or two
3: um but let me know what you think let me know what you think because I read Volume 3 before – I think once the trade came out or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Because I loved Volume 1, thanks to you, when we were doing our review corner thing on comic timing. Yep. And then uh, I read Volume 2. I like that. But Volume 3 was just like a – felt like a mishmash of mm. of stuff. It didn't really feel like one cohesive story. Okay. And then I tried to watch the TV show. I got through one episode, and honestly, I was quite bored by it. I don't know if it's because like I reread – vo- volumes one, two, and three mm-hmm. right before then or something like that. Yeah. But, like, the comic is such an acid trip with the art that to watch this, like, oh. same thing of, like, characters and, like, Monkey Boy is not really a monkey, at least so far in, like, the first two episodes, and I'm like, uh, I don't know. I would have preferred maybe if it was animated.
0: Get, I don't know. Get through the first season and get back to me, like, because I think that that, that you get a way more trippy as the show goes forward, um, it, cause even I'll admit it starts off a little bit slow, the series, but I think that, uh, it definitely picks up in the back half of the first season and season two is like nonstop better for me. Um, mind you, I was already in the mood for weird because I finished the season of doom patrol and
1: God damn, yeah, is that a good goes, yeah. show?
0: Holy shit, man. What, what they were able to pull off with doom patrol. Um, it's, It's the comic, like in 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 in, the Morrison comic. Yeah, exactly. a is it it is, and I mean, I love Happy, but this is the closest that you will ever come to a successful adaptation of a Morrison comic, one hundred percent on the screen. Um, and it's you know they 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 do that they do so much of what of what was done in the comics, and I mean, even with adaptation stuff, it still works. Like, you know. Do they have a sentient street? They sure as hell do, you know. <laughs> do they have a Do they have a comic book strongman? They sure as hell do, you know. That and and randomly, it's my favorite version of Cyborg. That's live action, which didn't take much, but still. Um, right. I, just, oh, just, <laughs> just, just just overall, I I am I'm really impressed with uh, with what with, with what they put out. And season two was uh nonstop fun for me. So very did happy. You just watch with that.
3: Quinn.
0: Yeah, I did. It's 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 excellent.
3: I'm in the middle of the first season.
0: Yeah, season two is watched, is is, yeah. is great, and you know goes there in a lot of ways. I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it that way without spoiling anything. They they they, they go there with with Harley Quinn, uh, and uh, and yeah, it, it 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 makes sense overall.
3: I think you're pretty clear where that show is going in terms of like tone in the first episode, yeah. which surprised me. I was like, okay, yeah. to the point where I was watching it, and um, I think my. Son was taking a nap and Olivia was getting up from her nap and she walked in the room and I immediately paused it, even though like there was nothing on screen that she couldn't see, but just like all the language and stuff, like and she loves Harley Quinn. Yeah. Because of the uh, uh, superhero girls cartoon and stuff like that. I was mm-hmm. she was like, Is that Harley Quinn? I was like, You cannot watch this. I'm sorry. This is not for you. There's no way in and, and you know, God's green earth you can ever watch this until you're, I don't know, fifteen, <laughs> something like that.
0: Uh good call. Because because uh, it, it it gets it gets raunchy. It sure as heck does.
3: Bloody and cursing and I mean it's great. But se- uh, but not for kids.
0: Season two, uh, there's an episode that starts off that Jamal will enjoy very very much, uh, where there's a scene with uh, two comic book nerds sitting there getting ready to watch an episode of, uh, <laughs> of of the Harley Quinn show. One of them wearing a released the Snyder cut shirt. Uh,
2: oh God. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That was like two weeks before that happened. Yeah, uh, it, yeah,
0: I know. Like, if they they didn't know, but they knew. Um, and and they're definitely those type of 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 fans. <laughs> before the that episode. girl should have
4: smiled more.
0: Yeah, yeah, that girl should have smiled more. But also, like, why would I want to watch a show about Harley Quinn, dude? I sit here on the couch with you. You've literally watched every episode.
4: <laughs> it, was all, it, it was also like, like, why would I watch a show without Batman? He's like, you watch all of Gotham. <laughs>
5: Uh, (laughs) only because it's in
2: continuity
0: (laughs) fantastic all right that's it with uh with with what we've been watching and reading and stuff uh i wanted to make sure before we wrap up uh jamal uh hey you've got stuff on the horizon and and and,
2: i've got stuff on the horizon i've got stuff that's out Yep. Already. Oh mm-hmm. my god.
0: Yeah, yeah you do. Um, perhaps you tell perhaps you tell us more about these things.
2: Yeah. So I did a two-page story in Dark Knight's Death Metal Tales of the I forget what that's called. It's the
0: Dark Knight's Death Metal Legends of the Dark Knights.
2: Okay. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I'm glad somebody remembered. <laughs> okay, so I so I did so that so two pages there. But uh, <laughs> it's it's B Rex, the Batman Saurus Rex, the Bat T Rex. <laughs> uh, Marguerite Bennett, nice. Three pages in Teen Titans go to camp. Love it. Which which is a uh, cyborg's letter home, which was funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's out too. And then I did a little something that will be showing up. Pretty, I think it. Pretty much every DC comic, at some point. Ooh. <laughs> but I, I'll, I will leave it there because I don't think I can officially talk about that. But the thing that I can officially talk about is the second Wrong Earth mini series, which is debuting in January. Yeah, baby. So yeah, so that I'm really excited about that, and and we're just. It's we're hit, I'm finishing up the first issue right now. It's hitting on all cylinders. I'm really, really happy. Oh I
0: cannot wait, man. And and that is a series that was nominated for best uh miniseries by by the CGS best of. So there you go. Yay! <laughs> Uh, I, I freaking love Wrong Earth, man! Everything about it just just completely connects to me as a as a guy who started reading comics in the '90s. Getting both that you know dark and gritty, along with uh, <laughs> with holy Houdini Batman,
2: you know it's uh, it, it absolutely works. <laughs> it, it's it's so much fun to draw. It it, it really is. It's just you know, especially for those of you who may be listening to this and have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. So The Wrong Earth, which is published by Ahoy Comics, is co-created by myself and Tom Payer. Mm-hmm. And for lack of a better descriptor, it's a what-if the Adam West Batman switched universes with the Ben Affleck Batman. <laughs> or the So the, the new series opens with them on... E- They've spent the last year on each other's Earth's sort of adjusting to life on Earth, Alpha, and Omega, but they finally meet in the first issue
0: nice so
2: dragonfly and dragonfly man finally meet and it's just it's fun I it's can't a lot wait. of fun. <laughs>
0: I cannot wait, man. I'll be I'll be buying that uh I'll be buying each issue of that as it comes out digitally, man. It's uh it is one of my favorite series and I cannot wait to see more of it.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's just I'm I have a blast working with Tom. It, it, I really do. It's just it's great.
0: Yeah. I mean, hey, anybody who wrote that much flash along with Mark <laughs> <laughs> because uh, everything comes back around fan damn tastic uh and uh and yeah man i mean it's i'm I, as usual just happy to see you working oh thanks man i appreciate it 100 <laughs> and i think that pretty much takes us to the end here uh i i'd like to thank everybody for uh hanging with us for two and a half hours of non-stop conversation it's been absolutely awesome and uh you know combining the two shows in one way or another uh, was bound to happen eventually and i'm happy to see it happen And sorry chris couldn't stick around the entire time but i'm sure he'll be listening to the rest of this episode as well uh but uh jamal uh, where can they find you online
2: uh you can find me at jamaligle.com and that will lead you to all of my other social media links on twitter and facebook and etc so
0: awesome uh, Brent, uh, you want to you go ahead and let the, everybody on uh, on the Comic Geek Speak world uh, know about your YouTube channel and what, what have you?
3: Yes, I'm on YouTube as BK's Bullets, just as in the old Raging Bullets segment I used to have a long, long time ago. <laughs> Kept the moniker. If we're on Facebook. You can like our Facebook page as well. So all content goes up there. Both like, comment, share, subscribe, all that nonsense. Plug, 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 plug away.
0: (laughs) Yes, indeed. And uh, at Casina B on Twitter, when he remembers that exists. (laughs) Yes. And uh, Donovan, uh, where can they find you? Uh, My creative output uh,
4: these days is... uh podcast questions we don't have answers i do with my friend harrison chute it's a sociopolitical slash geek podcast about culture podcasts you can find us at qnoanswers.com i also as i mentioned before am a, a contributor to dc universe you can find our, my articles uh in the news section my most recently published article was seven cool things you can find in the back cave uh and my twitter handle is donaldmg1 thank you very much nice uh
0: was one of those things the bathroom
4: One of those things was like uh, the crazy interests from the movies like between like the Iron Maiden from Batman Returns and the wacky chair From Batman Forever
2: (laughs) Oh I love that scene that's a great scene
4: That was awesome (laughs) but it's very Improbable
0: (laughs) Uh, As are many Things in the Batman universe Oh yes (laughs) Fantastic Yep All right, uh, so I get to do the thing that Shane usually does, or Merge usually does, since I'm the last comic geek-speak person standing. So uh, before I do that, I'll just let everybody know that uh, I am at I underscore AM underscore sci-fi on Twitter, uh, and uh, that's where you can see most of my stuff, and I'm on Instagram as well uh, for that. But, of course... Visit us at ComicGeekSpeak.com or at ComicTiming.net. Uh, our email address is ComicGeekSpeak at gmail.com. Uh, you can also email Comic Timing over at ComicTiming at gmail.com. Uh, you can leave a voicemail over at 267-702-6642. Uh, stop by The Comic Forums over at uh, thecomicforums.vanillacommunity.com. Or you can uh, visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Comic Geek or at the Comic Geek Speak Super Group, uh, where you can get into uh, great conversations uh, with uh, a whole bunch of these people that were on this episode, uh, plus fans of the show and people who take part in Comic Geek Speak on a regular basis. Uh, We'd like to thank everyone who donates to the show. We really do appreciate it and could not do it without you. And as always, we are uniting the world's mightiest heroes, one listener at a time. And there's always time for comics.
1: Ha, got it in there. I was wondering if you were going to do that. <laughs>